Hello and welcome to the what? An odds and ends bonus episode of the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Whoa, bonus! It's me, Patrick. Bonus! <laughs> it's like, I think it's Bill and Ted 4 might be Bill, Ted, and Patrick with the way you said bonus there. Bonus, dude! <laughs> We gotta make Napoleon uh, go down this water slide. That's yeah, the, that's the specific I know for that movie. Yeah, it's, well, it's true. It, it did happen. He does go to a water park. Yeah. Um, water wow. Blue. We're at the home stretch, Patrick. Next Tuesday, mm-hmm. all will be decided. Oh yeah. Sophie's oh, yeah, yeah. Choice, Florence Foster Jenkins, and I know we we're doing the we got an odds and ends bonus episode. We'll get into momentarily here, but I did want to quickly talk about. I haven't watched. For my final screening yet sophie's or florence mm. but i've turned this amazing corner where they've just become so familiar of characters to me i'm like i looked at the cover of the blu-ray of florence and i was like cosme <laughs> st Clair, florence I'm, I'm excited to see you again old, <laughs> like, old friends i cannot wait yeah and yeah. on the flip side a darker side i mean yeah hell stingo nathan Sophie, uh, you know, the, the gang's all here. You know the the two movies with the great power trios. Oh man, what a yeah. who, who would win in a fight if there was just a full on duel between oh, uh, the Sophie's gang and the Flo- the Foster bunch? So Vince McMahon has booked for SummerSlam. Oh, Sophie's Choicers <laughs> versus <laughs> Flo's folks and. <laughs> Ooh, folks, I love it. In a in a tri- in a triple threat or th- uh, triple tag team matchup, what oh, yeah. uh main event that would be? I have a feeling. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a huge amount of crossover between WWE fans and Florence Foster Jenkins fans. We know that. That's oh yeah, no, yeah. that's the, an absolute fact. Say the, the but, same people that cheer whenever. Uh, I'm trying to think of a wrestler I know off the top of my head. I was gonna say Bam Bam Bigelow, but I'm pretty sure he's been dead for a long time. He has, <laughs> yes, yes. Or I'd be a real one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he ruled. He had a head tattoo. Oh yeah, no, that's like the one wrestler I remember because of his head tattoo. I was like, that's cool. That's a good tattoo. Great name. That. Great name. Oh, Bam great, Bam Bigelow. Great, great character name. Oh man. Yeah. I, I wish I went by Bam Bam. That'd be sick. It's the okay. I'd like to see that when bam, everything bam, opens back up and we, our 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 team comes to the clubhouse for our first improv show and you're you're running into old improv buddies and you're like, no, I'm Bam Bam now. <laughs> Not Patrick. I'm Bam Bam now. I'm a grown ass man and my name is Bam Bam, and you're just gonna have to live with because that. there's nothing cooler than attributing nicknames yourself to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no one gave me this name. This is, uh, yeah. I, I, I appropriated I, I, it from, from a dead I man. wanted it, and I took it. I took it. I, I took it. I, I grave robbed this name in the dead of the night. Stolen Valor, Bam Bam Bigelow. Stolen, <laughs> You're no Bam Stolen nickname Valor. Uh, man, make that YouTube compilation, please. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Stolen. But Sir, are you going by a- Bubba? I believe that's my uncle's name. Yeah. <laughs> You're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Going to name B- jail? Bubba's my dad's name. Call yeah. me Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, I'm the love sponge. Can't use that name? Yeah. 
shock jocks. Well, it's a big week for shock jocks, but, oh, yeah. uh, you know, but, uh, we we're, we're, we're heading into the finals here. Mm-hmm. We are rapidly putting together our final episode that we're very, very excited to share with you all, but not the final episode of the Academy Academy. Mind you, we've got a lot more surprises ahead in our post streep universe, but you'll have mm-hmm. to wait because we're still, we're still knee deep in streep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'd we're, knee, say. we're knee deep in streep right now, but I'm going to give you a little, just let's just say, don't, uh, you know, at least for the immediate episodes after the streep finale, for the immediate episodes, I'll just say uh, as a little hint, as a little breadcrumb, I wouldn't uh, terminate that, that's <laughs> that, that uh, podcast uh, subscription. I wouldn't, I wouldn't terminate it. No, don't, no, no, don't no. cast it into the, uh, Avatar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. We'll see. We'll see on the other side, folks. Um, (laughs) But we um are like being (laughs) up to our ears and streak since October. Um we are like constantly talking and (laughs) texting each other about the street movies we missed. Oh, big in time. the course of this tournament, it's uh, rather a rather large obsession to continue to come back to the Wikipedia page and really like stare at the Marvin's room entry and say to yourself, "Did we screw yeah. up? <laughs> did we? <laughs> do we really? Did we biff this one?" Yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm sorry, Jerry Zacks. I'm sorry we didn't yeah. do you good. Let us in you know, your room. And we are, if anything, neurotic. Oh yeah, so yeah. <laughs> totally we, brain ruined. This week for this special episode, we've picked out three movies that we feel, you know, were fringe mm-hmm. tournament contenders. Ones we wanted to watch to get a fuller picture of Streep. Mm-hmm. We admit fully, there are other movies. The aforementioned Marvin's Room, oh, yeah. Music from the Heart, oh yeah, The Deer Hunter, a pretty pretty major film. Yeah, uh, The Hours that we've kind of left off you know left out of this discussion and someday you know the listeners fans we'll call you listeners fans we don't know each other that well yet but but we thank you if you consider yourself one and we're on our way there um we're getting there we're getting there you know let us know if in the future after we're in when we do enter the post streep universe if you'd like for us to return to streep and cover something like the hours or when you know the new adam mckay movie comes out that she's in if you want us to talk about that i'm sure we're gonna watch it so oh, yeah. maybe you want us to talk about uh meryl streep's performance as cousin topsy and mary poppins returns what oh great, yeah what a great character name cousin topsy Actually, it's almost yeah. shocking she'd never played anyone named Topsy. Before. That is true. That is like that is like a character that she could have played at any time that would 100% like cuz when I think Topsy, I'm almost thinking like a cabaret type character. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to put on a hat, do a little dance. I'm Topsy. Not yeah. Bad. Like could have been like an 80s like post the actual movie Cabaret where Meryl Streep's like a vaudevillian trying to get the theater to keep the roof over its head. Oh, or something man. like that. Yeah. That, that that sounds like a very 80s street part. Maybe like a young And Kevin Klein would be in it too as like the uh, yeah. dashing roustabout. Ooh, I love a dashing roustabout. Yeah, he must, he'd be mustachioed mm-hmm. for oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
But this week, we're going to be talking about three very, very different movies. Yeah. Kind of a, a pretty wide range of street pictures. Uh, we'll be discussing 1988's A Cry in the Dark, 1994's The River Wild, and 2009's It's Complicated. All of these movies, I think, surprised us. But I think the real question is, did they belong in the tournament? We'll get to we'll get to that as we go along. We're going to go here in a chronological order. So why don't you ready? Should we just tear off this bandaid and get into it, Pat? Yep, tear off that bandaid. Let it breathe. Let the All right. Breathe. So we're going to be talking first about a Cry in the Dark, released across the world as a Cry in the Dark, but in Australia, and New Zealand as Evil Angels. Mm. Uh, one thing that I noticed immediately upon the credit sequence. This was released by Canon Films. It's a Glo Golden and Globus production. So when they weren't doing Death Wish sequels, they did Cry in the Dark. That's uh, very odd. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's uh, directed by Fred Shapizzi. Yeah. Is that right? I think it's Shapizzi, never... yeah. Shapizzi. Uh, again, uh, released in 1988. Uh, $15 million dollar budget it was actually quite uh for australia a gigantic production uh it's at the box office only 6.9 million considered a box office bomb um the movie was nominated for four golden globes best picture director screenplay and actress that's quite a uh, roundup for a movie that has kind of fallen by the wayside of public knowledge outside of one very specific thing that we will get into in a moment. Yeah. Um, it won, she, Meryl won Best Actress at the Cannes Film Festival for it and was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress, which she did not win. Now, this movie is probably most well-known for, this is the, uh, the Dingo Ate My Baby yeah. movie. Something that my parents uh, would jokingly say all the time. <laughs> and my, my first knowledge of this was certainly Seinfeld and mm -hmm. them doing jokes about this. Um, well before I knew it was even very like a real thing. I knew Elaine Bennis's uh, Australian accent impersonation of Meryl Streep in this film. Um but not really a joking matter at all. This is a deathly <laughs> yeah. serious film. It turned out like, <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain. There was a point where I threw out the, the, the idea of naming this podcast Dingo Ate My Podcast. And I laughed. I yeah, absolutely very, laughed when he said it. Very glad like, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I would have um, felt like a heel. <laughs> yeah, like it would have been very funny to get this far and discover this very somber <laughs> kind of tragic courtroom drama. Um, <laughs> it's based on a true story that seemingly tore the entire continent of Australia apart. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> As the country, the entire populace of Australia portrayed rather negatively. Although I still, no matter how dark it got, my sense of humor won out, Patrick. Because the first time they showed a dingo, I did do an impression of Stingo from <laughs> Sophie's Choice. So I said, call me Dingo. Okay, it's good now. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Good. It's, it's fine. fine. Now it's good. We also had no idea we'd be dealing with a character named Stingo for four months. So. You, can't, you can't leave that on the ground, folks. You can't. You just can't leave that. It's like, 
That's like leaving, no, and they like... say the word dingo a lot in this movie. Like they kind of have to, but I I know that there will never be another film or cultural presentation, of maybe outside of a nature documentary about dingoes, mm-hmm. in which the word is uttered more. Man, yeah. um, like if uh, yeah, like it's so funny too, because like if if it had a different name, like that name's just it sounds a little silly. If, it's if a that, fun word to say. It is it's really a fun, fun word to say. say. Like if the animal was called like a sand wolf or something, or like a desert fox. Like, yeah. then it would have been, like, we would not be having this combo right now. Because, like, yeah, like, yeah. Dingo just rolls off the tongue. It's, it's <laughs> fun desert, to say. De- desert Fox sounds like a, an, a like an assault rifle some gun nut would be very <laughs> enthusiastic yeah. about. Oh, no, no I a, got a Desert Fox, y'all. <laughs> that sounds like a canon film. That actually sounds like the Desert Fox. It does. Like, Chuck Norris is Desert Fox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Dolph Lundgren is the Desert yeah, Fox. Yeah, like... I can only imagine Golden and Globus going to Meryl Streep. Oh, we've got, we will release you right after Delta Force 2. What? Yeah. After like the but, 12th Death Wish movie, we're like, <laughs> who's the star of Death Wish again? I forget his name off the top of my it's head. It's Charles fucking Bronson. Bronson. Charles Bronson, yes. <laughs> who's like probably like in his 70s at this point. He, um, he's extraordinarily old. In all of the 80s Death Wish movies, which is a kind of another like weird. T- we just um, watched them all mm. like all like, well, we watched one through three recently. And because uh, Jen was not um, as uh, Death Wish savvy as I was. Right. <laughs> so she, she was, she was steeped in Death Wish lore. She's developed a real curiosity about the star appeal of Charles Bronson. So uh, we we dug deep and had a lot of fun with uh Death Wish, Murphy, Murphy's Law, 10 to Midnight. Um, Jen just uh, actually guest appearance on the wonderful podcast, The Canon Canon, where she talked for two hours about Murphy's Law. So, you know, if you can't get enough movie talk, go check that one out. That's a really, really good show and episode. Um, but back to Cry in the Dark or Evil Angels. Uh, this was based on a book called Evil Angels. And I imagine this book was kind of like the Helter Skelter level fame of true crime books in Australia. And that's why they kind of had to call it, even though I think a cry in the dark is a better, like what the oh, hell so does evil better. angels mean for this, for it's, any of this story? I <laughs> like, think it's just, it's like literally just like uh, the fact that they're seventh day Adventists or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's like, uh, it's kind of religious, put it in like a cry in the dark, a way in the, in the dark. Name. Like is it, it's evocative of what happens in the film. Yeah, kind of gives you a vibe vibe of everything that's going on uh but okay so for those of you who don't know i'll give a quick um plot rundown of the film uh chronicles the case of azaria chamberlain a nine-week-old baby girl who disappears from a campground near oluru uh then called ayers rock in August of 1980 and the struggle of her parents Michael and Lindy Chamberlain to prove their innocence to a public convinced that they were complicit in her death. Uh, It's kind of a uh, trial movie it turns into Um, and it's a it's a very interesting movie Sam Neill the great Sam Neill plays her um, plays Michael Chamberlain to Meryl's Lindy Chamberlain Uh, and it's it's a very um, it's a very unique movie, and I have a feeling it it's tiptoeing around things because they, uh, you know, the Chamberlains ended up being exonerated around 1988 
of the crime and this movie was released in 1988 and i have a feeling shooting a movie about like the biggest crime in the 80s in australia they kind of had to tiptoe around like judgments and being kind of like really like pushing it one way he's he is like very soft the scenes though where i i thought the some of the best stuff in the movie were the cutaways to the random australians talking about the case oh i love that too and it's great like um like it peppers the movie um it's like these fun little details where like you'll have like it'll be like this uh this like uh it'll go from like you know the kind of like the australian rednecks i guess like you know um i guess I don't know. It's, it's it, kind of, it, go, it goes everywhere from country club set to yeah, like barfly set. Yeah, and they're all talking about it. Like just the whole nation is like wrapped by this case. And everyone is so firmly on the side of the dingo initially. They really nuts. are on this. The, the, the dingo really gets, gets away with murder. Yeah, the, <laughs> legit. It is like these people are on this. Here's my take. Like, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's like it's an, it's an animal. Side with humans. Humans. Yeah. Humans before animals. Yeah, I would have liked to do though, just to start off with, is um, I think I would have taken an approach of making the opening scene at the campground oh, after after ten minutes of Sam Neill taking pictures of the scene, the scenic sights of Australia. That wasn't necessary either. Um, but it was um, kind of weird, a little odd. Uh, I would have made it far more ambiguous about whether Lindy did anything or not. Mm. Um, because from the way it was shot, like I was fairly certain the dingo was the culprit. Oh yeah. And I have a feeling that is the side the director's on too. Mm. But, and, and that's why I was kind of getting the idea that it was too fresh of a wound to be kind of like a little more playful with the story. Like I couldn't help but think of what David Fincher would do with this material. Right. And I think he'd be very, he'd be much nastier about the people of Australia and like kind of like mock the entire media. Like he does a little bit of it in Gone Girl. And that kind of reminded me a little bit of kind of the media sensation portions of Gone Girl kind of reminded me oh, totally. of this well, like that one as well. Where, like, the one scene where like the Women's Day lady where it's like, hi, I'm from Women's Day and I just want to tell your side mm -hmm. of the story. And it turns out. Like she was like the that magazine. I guess Woman's Day. I'm assuming is like their version of Us Weekly or People Weekly. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like uh, turned out that they had like kind of like screwed her over the most. Like they were one of the one of the people that totally got everything wrong and fabricated a lot of stuff uh, mm -hmm. that, or at least you know, went off of what Meryl went off of what Meryl Streep said in her side of things. Uh, I, yeah, yeah and I, I think you go, you go. Oh, I think it would have been really interesting to be a little bit harder even on the media and the Australian people oh, for yeah. this. Like, I think he does play around with it. He really does tiptoe around that, that idea. And by having those like everyday Australian uh, sequences, kind of of them commenting on the trial. Mm -hmm. But I think like the trial scenes are a little too dry to balance that out um it's an it, interesting movie it never i don't know if it ever quite finds its rhythm it, it's very like it's uh it's very shaggy the way it's made it doesn't really have like i feel like the movie doesn't have a lot of a sh that much of a shape it just kind of feels like stuff happens yeah you're following things as it happens and it almost has like a documentary style like it's very fly on the wall like you're never like 
you never really get any insight into what people are saying beyond what they're saying in that moment. Like, you yeah, there's that. not a lot of um, cinematic flourish to mm-hmm. it. It does. It definitely feels like a pretty, like the critic in the New York Times called it a, feels very much like a television docudrama. Yeah. Oh man. You know what's funny? It almost has like yeah. It has like the energy of like a. Almost has the energy of like a Frederick Wiseman film sometimes, where it is just like very much like you're just getting like a slice of Australia in the 1980s, and this is how people talk then. And I'm not. We're not going to put any like English on it, and we're not going to put any like uh, you know. You're not going to put any. We're not going to put any flair or like show what we think as a director about what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And despite Meryl Streep's presence, this is a definitively Australian film. Oh, yeah. So there is a lot, I have a feeling, a lot of like distinct to 1980s Australian culture stuff that goes that goes right over my head when I oh, watch yeah. the film. Like, and because it, it does feel very lived in. And that, you know, brings us to Meryl Streep's performance because she does not stick out. She feels a part of it. Mm-hmm. She's like, it just, she, she's as like it's such a it's a it's a very cold it's a chilly performance it's not a loud performance at all but and she kind of blends in with the crowd which is amazing to say that about Meryl Streep because she's you know a superstar I mean Patrick has a picture of her and it's complicated behind her behind him right now and uh she's not blending in she's a she's a movie star so it's it's interesting to see her in this and of course it's like costuming the wig I was they say, put like, her the in haircut is like yeah that kind of i think helps that way that haircut is almost like a mask or something in it in the it's kind of it is bold but um yeah i saw a photograph of the real lindy chamberlain and she really did have kind of a not the not i not not the most stylish we'll put it that way yeah it's haircuts. like a very it's like beatles it's like a beatles haircut a little yeah, early beetle very early beatles just a lad from Liverpool fighting the dingo. Yeah, just, <laughs> oi, it's me, Ringo. I'm fighting that dingo with Stingo, I had to say it. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. do it. Stingo, Ringo, and Dingo. The three, the three Ingos. Mm. Can't just leave And Ingo, uh, is it Ingo Montoya from Princess Bride? Oh, yeah, there we go. That's a fourth There's one. a, you're the fourth, you can get yourself a band. Um, yeah, the Beatles, <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, the, the cool thing about what she does in this movie is that she really does like it is such a down downplayed internal not there's no like fireworks to what she does she's holding back even her scenes on the stand are very when she actually has to take the stand I and mean, compared to kramer versus kramer another courtroom picture um she's wildly different oh, in yeah. this one and it's it's so funny because, like, in both movies, there are times when she's very subtle, I feel like. Or, like, she's not, like, I feel like, um, like, she never has, like, a crazy freakout scene in Kramer versus Kramer, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. like, she, like, draws so much, like, it's, like, the tears in Kramer versus Kramer, her physical appearance in it. And I think, like, Meryl Streep never has, like, until, like, much later in the movie, like, there are times when, like, I think, like, they, they finally start, like, the cracks finally start to appear uh, with the character uh, maybe, like, two-thirds of the way into the film when, like, the trial is really going on and she's about to go to prison. And, like, they push back the trial at one point, so she's, like, going to be put on trial while she's pregnant. Uh, yeah. And, like, 
it feels earned every time she like cries by that point. Well, the interesting thing is um, the Sam Neill Mm -hmm. who plays her husband, the more he like, cause he gets the kind of big crack up scenes in the film. And the more broken he becomes, the more defiant she becomes like Mm -hmm. simultaneously. And it's very interesting to see. And like one of the big, I think I, I actually imagine one of the things that drew Meryl Streep to the part was the like inherent misogyny of all of the press and the cops and the lawyers oh God, yeah. and our, and the general country continent of Australia, <laughs> it, you know, basically stating that this woman who is not, she's deeply religious. So she has very strong convictions. She's not wildly emotional, and her religion is one that was very confusing, it seems. Mm-hmm. She's a Seventh, Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. Um, very confusing to the people of Australia. Uh, that they basically, you know, kind of, what kind of woman, what kind of mother are you? And I have a feeling kind of presenting that kind of shitty behavior is something that would interest Meryl Streep in kind of bringing to a film and kind of showing someone fighting through that shitty treatment. Oh, yeah, because it is, like, it's, and it's interesting to, like, on one hand, it is, like, there's a part of me that's, like, you know, it's a little uh, wild that, like, you know, at least, like, on camera and stuff when she's talking to people, she doesn't, like, appear sad and stuff and everything like that. Like, she's very, like, she's very, like, held, put together in the beginning of the movie. But, like, people, like. She's stoic. She's stoic to an unsettling level. Yeah, but it's like, but yeah, but people like legit, like just, it's, yeah, it is truly like, I don't know. It is like, it is like messed up. That's like. And those gals who wore the Dingo is Innocent t-shirts. Insane. Oh, yeah. That sucked. I hate it. Can you imagine though? (laughs) Could you imagine like going and sitting on the lawn in front of a courthouse as a trial is going on that you have nothing to do with? Talk about a waste of time. Oh, very <laughs> weird. Also, like, there's like a food truck out there, even. Yeah, it's incredibly. And obviously, that <laughs> happens because you hear about that happening at like everything from the O.J. Simpson trial to when like Ted Bundy was executed. Yeah. Like there, and it's I I don't understand that kind of um, decision making in the slightest. Yeah. I mean, I, like, but yeah, they find parasocial relationships in the weirdest places. <laughs> it's like yeah. yes, they really do. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and you know, I think the interesting thing about this film is, uh, I think what it's really trying to say about like is it's this director's trying to show Australia like look how poorly we behaved. We can't let this ever happen again. Mm-hmm. And then probably is just heartbroken to discover that not only did it happen again it happens every day across the world all the time oh, <laughs> like yeah. this level of media insanity and trial by jackass Pu- joe public uh, you know, just, we never learn yeah <laughs> all yeah. The, yeah we never learned and doubled down on it and like i mean like these lindy and michael chamberlain would have their own reality show oh 100%. If it happened today they would be I mean, on, they would be on the show um 
with like the mad like they'd be on the mass singer like they would be on, like, they, they'd yeah. be the mass singer they decide they got into house flipping and you'd have them like flipping houses oh, i mean be like fun that'd be a fun i'd yeah. watch that maybe i'd watch that maybe, maybe i'm one of the bad people now maybe i'd watch them flip a house <laughs> now that we've been exonerated and the dingo has been declared guilty we've gotten into our true passion real estate <laughs> tiny houses <laughs> it's so tiny but you could do so much with it yeah. <laughs> on a budget we have three kids oh that was dark yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry i'm sorry oh there's really? a, a step into my mind i was the one who was laughing at the beginning of alien 3 the other day i'm a sick guy yeah <laughs> no. you, you, hey man that movie that movie's got goofs yeah, it's yeah. Maybe, maybe not in the beginning, but it has goofs later on. I think. Yeah. Cry in the Dark is not funny, though. Oh we no, should... not at all. There are like no. Clear. Yeah, this is a goof-free film. It's very tower. Yes. I would say, like, uh, out of all these, this is the one that's like, it's like a Sophie's Choice style film where, like, you're not gonna want to watch this on like a a Tuesday night after working a long days at the whatever mm-hmm. office you're schlepping at. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. Except Sophie's choice has like that kind of like surreal dreamlike quality to it that this doesn't at all. Oh, totally. And I have yeah. a feeling it's just because Pakula is a little bit more of a, mm-hmm. a little bit more of an adventurous director. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not really familiar with Fred uh, Shapizzi. Yeah. But, you know, and I think they did a nice job. And, you know, one thing I know is, too, there's like, I watched the credits. There are probably 200 speaking parts wow. in this movie. Or, and this is a big endeavor to have made this movie. And I have a feeling this probably, like, didn't do as what the box office, because it does have, like, these, like, too soon qualities for Australia, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, like kind of I would compare to when Oliver Stone did things like W or World Trade Center it's like <sighs> I don't want to watch this right now yeah kind of, you oh, know totally yeah it's yeah very, it's, there's it's fresh it's very fresh yeah yeah and I think and and it's it seems like to this day uh Lindy Chamberlain is viewed suspiciously Ooh. by members of she's still around She's in her early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, she and uh, Michael Chamberlain, unfortunately, did get divorced. And um, when was that? Uh, 1991, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1991. So shortly after the events of this movie, they got divorced. And he has since passed away, sadly. Um, but I, can, I would imagine that their marriage, despite getting exonerated... Um, it's tough to get through mm-hmm. with really- so but i think this yeah i think to get back to Merrill, though i think this was a different side it just was a different side of anything we've seen yeah i'd say almost her. like uh i'd say almost the closest film that we've covered that's comparable to this is probably silkwood it has kind of like that same level where it's like you're kind of dealing with uh an outsider uh who is like slowly he's slowly getting driven mad by like you know outside like you know like when the world is like conspiring against them to a certain Mm -hmm. degree and it's like yeah and silkwood it's like the nuclear plant company and this movie it's like the entire nation of australia (laughs) and and (laughs) And i think 
what Silkwood though does better. Mm-hmm. Not you know, and I I like to cry in the dark. I want to make that yeah, clear. But um, Silkwood has this human element. It has the hangout scenes with Kurt Russell and Cher. It has like all of the fun character actors she works alongside doing jokes and things like that. And there's like a warmth to it, which leads you to kind of like understand where Karen is coming from and kind of who she is a little bit more. Uh, and I have, I think this is probably just true of the person, but this Lindy is uh, much more unknowable as yes. a person. Yes. And I think, that's what makes Streep's work so incredible is that, um, you know, she she does humanize someone who seems to be a pretty, like, again, stoic, kind of stringent person who, mm-hmm. you know, very, you know, very, very devout. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's not the most outwardly emotional person at all. Yeah, I think like one thing, too, that would have maybe benefit is like we never like. I think one thing that Silkwood also does better than, and I think it's like the way you said, like the warmth, like you get to like kind of luxuriate with people in Silkwood more than in this movie. This movie is so clinical and it's just like, and you get only like snippets of conversations and you never get like, like the, you don't get to see the, uh, like you just, you don't, you're not allowed to provide these characters depth in the same way that Silk, like Silkwood does a better job of like hanging around with characters, seeing like, you know, them talk with each other, seeing, seeing them like communicate and interact. And you and, and it really doesn't like work that you, you don't, you don't uh, get that much of that, even with like, even with like Sam Neill and Meryl Streep, I feel like you don't even get to see like, I don't know. Like, I just, I just, I wish that, like, uh, and maybe it is just like a warm thing. Maybe it is like you don't get to see them smile and crack jokes with each other that much. And maybe that's just because like they're inscrutable people, and that's who they. Were. I don't think that. I don't think that's who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, it, 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 yeah. It, it, that's difficult. It's hard to make a movie about inscrutable people. <laughs> yeah, I liked. I thought um, Sam Neill was great in it. Total hunk. Oh gotta yeah. Give him, stuff, I gotta give him hunk. that. Young Sam Neill was hunky. Yeah. Um, you know, but I don't think that they, um, out of all of her male co-stars who we'll get to this evening, um, she didn't, like, I had no fault to either of them, but they didn't, the, the kind of, like, real, like, connection, chemistry element wasn't there as much. Mm. I don't know if you agree with me on that, but um, they're both doing fine work, though. They're both infinitely watchable there i mean they're dang stars oh totally and but yeah i think you know but you know to get to kind of the um you know the topic at hand is uh i actually think this movie could have been in the tournament Mm. in the accents region i think that she's doing something very interesting very different i think that if this had been paired in the accents region with um i don't let's say let's put it against out of africa would have been an interesting, interesting yeah. matchup. You interesting could, I, match. I, I could see a dry, dry week. But yeah. um, <laughs> oh man, it could have. Although, like, yeah, I don't know if this could beat. Uh, I want to rewatch Out of Africa. I feel like I was like a little harsh in that movie. In retrospect, yeah. I mean, we've uh, a little peek behind the curtain. We've been talking about doing a uh, discussing our regrets on a an upcoming episode, yeah. and I think. Um, I mean, 
maybe out of Africa was a little hard on it. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's I, I'm good. not it's, sure. And it has problems But now that I'm too. thinking, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> love that movie. But, yeah. you know, it's just so handsome and so expensive. And at one picture, a director, you're like, he's got to be like something. It has there. value. It's like a. It has the yeah. movies in there, and it's and it's like it is like luxurious. It's like I think it's in. I think it's like fun to watch. You know, the sense that like it is like a very lavish production. It's like a very like I don't know like it's just like it's a big it's got old great music. Movie. Robert Redford I mean, too. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know, like they don't like they don't make movies like that anymore, really. Well, I mean, if we've learned anything from well, all three movies that we watched today, and frankly, the majority of these street movies and her style of movies are getting more rare yeah. as we go on. You know, she makes mature films. Mm-hmm. Like, all, you know, regardless of the genre, they tend to be mature movies. Even when she's doing, like, I mean a musical performance or something like that. She is bringing like a little bit of a adult feeling mm-hmm. to it. Um, she doesn't sing in evil angels or cry in the dark. Um, just wanted to yeah. get that yeah, out there. No, no musical <laughs> yeah. number. No. Yeah. No. Dingoes don't come out and start dancing um, on their back feet. Oh, I forgot to mention to the, I la- I did laugh, and I don't know if I should have. When she first goes to jail and looks oh. out the window, and there's this there's a dingo staring that, her down. That part I was, was like, like, "Come on, movie, that's yeah, like salt, salt in the wound. Like that's just mean." Oh, this dingo is sadistic. He's coming back to laugh in her face. <laughs> Wait, the dingo has a copy of Woman's Today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the, ding- up- the dingo is planting stories. <laughs> like, yeah. The dingo has compromising photographs of the judge. <laughs> this dingo is this dingo's a freak. Yeah, I know. Dingo's has... wait a second. This dingo has a JD from Harvard Law School? <laughs> what? what? God, someone called Paw Patrol. Gotta send this dingo to the, the dingo yeah. prison. The dingo is like the smart gremlin in Gremlins 2. <laughs> this dingo is voiced by Christopher Lee? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But um, yeah, I think Carly Dark, you know, it's interesting. It's uh, She was nominated for it. It has the dingo ate my baby line. It has... Um, She's doing an Australian, full-scale Australian accent. This movie seems to kind of um, drifted out of public consciousness, like it's a like so much so that I I forget the title. Oh yeah, <laughs> when I'm thinking about it, like I keep going back to is it was it called Still of the Night? But no, that's the one. That's the neo noir she did with Roy Scheider. Yeah, <laughs> but in, um, in the heat of the no, that's uh, yeah that's it's cry in the dark um and you know it's uh currently available to rent on amazon that's where i checked it out and i mean i think it's i would recommend it to our um listeners check it out you know it's an interesting movie a very like kind of harrowing movie um yeah. and 
interesting kind of slice of life of 1980s Australia that I don't think I don't, you know, to our American eyes was a kind of a new, new look at things, you know, and I think, you know, <laughs> and it's interesting. Too, it's I was like- trying to think of some sort of Foster's <laughs> Australian for beer joke to wrap around with this, but I can't, I, I got, I got nothing. It's like Florence Foster's Jenkins. I don't know. Uh, yeah it was like oh this is australia dango australian for murder or so i don't know yeah (laughs) we'll figure it out we'll we'll think about it later our brains are uh yeah well we can um you know crowdsource this if you have a good punch up for uh, fosters to to uh combine the fosters beer commercials from the late 90s early 2000s with the film a cry in the dark and any of the stuff we've discussed you know let us know we'd love to hear it yeah, uh, at, at the Academy, give us your Foster's uh, Cry in the Dark mashups. Yes, check it out. And also, if you have a not, uh, give give us a follow, just in general. We'd, please, we'd love to hear from you. Please follow us. I'll, I'm begging. <laughs> I'm on my knees. Yeah. Please, begging God. <laughs> please. Yeah. It's all that, it's the only currency there is in the modern era. <laughs> this is all I have. I'm a broken If I get to 50 likes, I'm back in the will. (laughs) I get to back in the will. (laughs) I've been disowned. I've been disowned. You're not popular enough, Donald. (laughs) My dad was like, you guys talked about the Iron Lady too much. You've lost listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My my dad, I think, has stopped listening, which is totally good. That's good for me. I don't think I want my parents to listen to this too much. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I I, I, actually, I was looking at it and uh, you and I have talked to each other for over 24 hours. Oh, God. Wow. Interesting. Which is interesting yeah an entire day with the two of us <laughs> uh, that's a lot a day with patrick that's and lo- donald yeah that's a lot of patrick and donald i'll say that i'll say that that's fair though i mean we're fun and uh and meryl and meryl but, uh you know to close it out on a cry in the dark uh it's it's fine it's good we recommend checking out check it out though because it's an interesting kind of um almost you know not i wouldn't say lost but kind of forgotten big time streep performance and uh i think it definitely could have been in the definitely could have been at the tournament yeah i think so too i think uh it's uh i think it's also one of those movies that would probably grow on us too if we had to watch it multiple times i think there's like that's true yeah Yeah. i think we'd i think we'd start to really you know kind of get into it yeah i think there is you're right there is a lot of um there's a lot going on in this movie Yep, we've become more fearful of local coyotes. We, we yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, your first mistake was to take a nine-week-old camping, like yeah, in like the middle of northern Australia, I, northern territory, Australia. And I was reading about it. Apparently, the park ranger uh, had written a warning letter saying that the dingoes' population had gotten a little crazy, and they had been like swiping at humans in recent months like and he and he was like we gotta we might have to do something about these dingoes but it was but uh fell on deaf ears because uh yeah tragedy (laughs) obviously like yeah we've we've, we've had some laughs but it's a a truly terrible tragedy and something i would not wish upon anyone to go through whether it's the trial or just or losing the baby it's um 
it's not good. Also, we get another like weird invasive shower scene in this movie, which is kind of yeah, odd. like so yeah. Good. Um, it's like is that like is that like a I hope that's not a recurring theme in Meryl Streep's oeuvre. I hope these are like the two <laughs> the movies. Well, in our that. next movie, she gets uh, spied on while skinny dipping. So oh, I'll, that's I'll true. It's, uh, Maybe it is. Yeah, I'll say it's bit. close. But yeah. um, I, I was going to... Uh, one last thing. Uh, the, the poster of her holding the baby that they have prominently displayed in their living room. <laughs> at the end of cry in the dark i don't know if you remember that it's a bizarre glamour shot of meryl streep holding the baby and uh sam neil holds up this is how i want you to remember us and you're just like whoa you made a poster of your wife and the baby it's really weird that you looks like you went to sears portrait studio and uh oh, if man. i had a copy maybe i'd put it up myself <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna have to go back in time i do not remember this post did not remember this poster. I mean, we'll track like... it. We'll track it down. It's uh, but yeah, it's like part of the big like, one of the press conferences. Sam Neil shows it up, and then when she gets out of jail, it's up, in their living room, like framed. Oh God, yeah. No, that's a little. That's a little. Odd. And this is like, yeah, of the baby, right? Yeah, yeah. and her like looking down, like yeah. cradling the baby. Okay, yeah, that's a little. That's a little much. Although maybe it's weird. I'll, yeah, it's weird, maybe I'll order. But... Maybe I'll order ten of them. Put them all over my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Just the one in the bathroom. For our next 10 follows on Twitter, you get a poster of Lindy and the and her poor tragic tragic baby. Yeah, we will send you. We'll we'll handcraft, we'll ship it to you. Oh man, you can just put it anywhere. It's a a conversation piece. When people can finally come back over to your house, they're gonna be like, what the hell is this? And you're gonna say, I don't know. I want it off of a stupid podcast. Oh man, that kind of reminds me how like at my uh, parents' house uh, when I was a kid, up until like maybe my senior year of college, uh, our downstairs restroom, was like the theme of the downstairs bathroom was like Frida Kahlo. <laughs> and there were like like 15 different little mini pictures, mosaics, portraits of Frida Kahlo staring at you from like tw- four different directions downstairs. It was very intense. So like- It sounds like, like it. Yeah, it was like very, like it was very uncomfortable going to the restroom downstairs for a long time because it was just a bunch of like, and you know, and Frida was not like, wasn't like a happy Frida. It was like the day, you know, the like I'm watching you, like very, yeah, very, very dour Frida. Like it was <laughs> so. Like I imagine that's the same energy that poster would probably bring. Are you entering the bathroom with a Playboy magazine? What are you doing? I'm yeah. judging you. I'm, I'm watching you from 40 different <laughs> angles, Patrick. <laughs> Frida, Frida knows how big your junk is. Yeah. It's uh, not that big. And I'm not impressed. <laughs> not impressed. Frida is not impressed. <laughs> Take that back. But I was thinking about like being younger and like if you got like a free poster from like a radio station or something like that or a podcast i guess and it's yeah. like cool i'll put this up and like at 30 38 i'm like yeah right no i wouldn't i don't even i'm not even taking that but like oh, when, no. you're, yeah. when you're young it's like it's free and i got it from somewhere oh, like yeah. you know the amount of like promotional t-shirts that i used to wear <laughs> that i would get for free at like oh i wanted it at a bar during trivia <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah like, Oh, that was like, yeah, that was like half of my t-shirts were like, yeah, stuff that like, you know, oh, this is like my high school or my uh, elementary school's Purim festival. 
yes. at, the, at the record store we got just a t- wait uh i forget which record it was but uh incubus's record label just sent us a box of free t-shirts and everyone i knew for like three years like someone wore to work one of those incubus shirts because it just entered everyone's (laughs) everyone's wardrobe no one no one to a person at the store regularly listened to or liked the music of incubus but they um they would wear it anyway oddly enough though the final concert i went to before quarantine was our previous guest graham high took me to see incubus at the greek theater and it was fun we got drunk it was fun i I think incubus has some buffs like they're 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 fine uh did, did anyone at your at the record store like just like wear like like take like 20 of those shirts and just like become a cartoon character or like the, the t-shirt they only like they they only wear like one type of t-shirt for the rest of their lives and it's that yeah. incubus shirt it's like they're, they're where's waldo but they're wearing a t-shirt for incubus's fourth album it's <laughs> like, like when you open up like the dresser or whatever like their closet just like 50 incubus it's like that story like simon cowell apparently has a uh gigantic walk-in closet of all tight black t-shirts oh god that's insane that's, it's awful it's that absolutely like, awful that is a dark uh man that was that's it's like, uh, I'm trying to like imagine like dating that guy and coming over and like oh you're a psycho yeah you're a complete psycho it's like yeah it's like oh you share this uh the only person who shares this trait with you is probably louis ck yeah. <laughs> like, 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 also confirmed psycho oh yeah yeah confirmed <laughs> not good yeah. <laughs> but yeah so Wow, we got off track there oh, talking, yeah. uh, talking if we talking about a weird poster. <laughs> but uh, you know, moving along, we're jumping to 1994. Uh, this is kind of, some would say, kind of the peak of Streep's kind of wilderness years. Which is funny to say that about a female actor who all of her kids are around my age. Yeah. So. It just means that her kids were like between the ages of 12 and 15, which is generally the time where you want to be home and taking care of being around your kids. So it's like, no, it's not that she was like having a career downturn. It was that she was being a good parent. (laughs) It was like the years where she wanted to spend time with her family. Yeah, before they went to college and when they were changing as people and behaving a little strangely and needed the most help. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... This is, uh, so we're talking 1994s. Uh, let's get to these stats. 1994's The River Wild, directed by the great Curtis Hansen. Um, big fan, big fan. Uh, budget at $45 million took in a cool $94.2 million. Uh, the critical reception, it uh, 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't think, I think that's a little low, baby. And we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. Um, nominated uh streep actually was nominated for golden globe best actress in drama for this one turning out the golden globes will nominate her if she makes a movie she's getting nominated yeah i mean it's great performance so like no no hate yeah no no doubt and um interestingly enough uh kevin bacon nominated for best supporting actor at the ggs for this as well um yeah he's great in it uh they 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 lost 
they oh, did yeah, lose. But um, yeah. so uh, as we said, Meryl Streep is in it along with Kevin Bacon, David Strathairn, a uh, young John C. Riley as well. Um, And if you're not familiar with this movie, it is about a Boston couple, Streep and David Strathairn, who are (sighs) having marriages in a bit of a rocky spot. Uh, They decided to go on vacation together. He's a big old workaholic. We might as well just say that. Yeah. um, Um, This is like almost like this movie almost begins like (laughs) jingle all the way from the perspective of like the mom character mm -hmm. where like it's like if like Rita Wilson was like hanging out with like the kid and then like Arnold Schwarzenegger comes in and is like oh I'm sorry I was selling too many mattresses yeah yeah yeah. it's like this is like it's like a trilogy it's like jingle all the way the Santa Claus the river wild yep (laughs) I'd say thematically they all really line up yeah Christmas Christmas, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Wild's a Christmas movie, folks. So, um, Streep, who plays whose character's name is Gail, uh, they and their son Rourke, played by mm-hmm. Joseph Mazzello, who was in um, Jurassic Park, and a little later on, he was in The Social Network. Um, they go on a rat. They decide to go on a rafting trip. Uh, turns out, Gail is a former uh, stud river rafter a river guide mm-hmm. and on the river they meet uh some other rafters wade and terry played by kevin bacon and john c Riley, who are you know fun charmers they charm the hell out of rourke they uh kind of cuck david straight there and especially kevin bacon who's walking around shirtless being a big old hunk yeah. and tempting meryl streep beyond belief but it turns out that kevin bacon and john c Riley are up to no good at all and uh t- Kevin Bacon in particular is a truly bad guy oh, and total scumbag. Yeah. He's a, yeah, a true blue villain, which is very fun. Like oh, yeah. he- heading toward mustache twirly by the time he really reveals himself. Oh, like it's like, uh, but yeah, it, like later in the, it's just like, he, it, it, he just slowly becomes worse and worse to the point where it's just like, he's just doing evil stuff to be evil. Essentially. Yeah. He's, um, He's an unrepentant psycho. They don't try and humanize him. It rocks. Yeah. There should be more movies with just generally like the bad guys are just bad guys. <laughs> they don't have like a trauma in their past. That is the reason they're bad. No, Kevin Bacon is just a bad guy. Yeah. And the, so they are, they have robbed. What they, what did they rob? They I, robbed thinking. a like a I think it was like a cattle like some sort of uh, yes, ranch, yeah. ranch auction I think. and an auction yeah and so they needed they have decided they're going to escape by river which is quite a bold choice yeah uh, but they are inexperienced on the river so they have to kidnap Meryl Streep and her family because Meryl Streep is the only person who can guide them down the gauntlet um, and all sorts of fun stuff happens along the way yeah and it's a just a peak 90s thriller like it just hits all the right buttons and it's also just it's very bare bones too which i actually kind of like about it yeah so like you're just like going down a river with these people occasionally like you'll meet up with one or two other people like you know they occasionally pass by people on the river at one point benjamin bratt kind of comes in a few times as like a uh, local ranger 
Oh, and if you didn't think Kevin Bacon was bad, he jumps into some soft racism, into some hard racism on Benjamin Bratt, just to, like, underline his nastiness. Oh, yeah, no, that's like, yeah, they're just like, just to make sure you know this person's bad, he's racist as hell. Yeah. What was, like, the weird, like, he was like, yeah, I don't think, uh, I think Native Americans have it even worse than uh, Black people. Yeah. It's like, it goes into, like, a weird, like, race comparison thing that's a little, just like, It's it's kind of insane, but it is (laughs) actually... actually in character because he is a bad guy oh yeah totally no and it's like yeah and it's like you, you yeah there's like also john c Riley plays it up perfectly where it for you realize that john c Riley is like oh yeah he's going to shiv me the second we're done with this river too <laughs> yeah like... oh no i mean yeah he, he suddenly recognizes yeah i'm kind of screwed <laughs> yeah and riley does a great job as the classic movie criminal who is purely in it for the money and is kind of uncomfortable with the violent yeah. end of the uh, end of the deal. But uh, Bacon more than makes up for it. Um, oh, yeah. And Bacon's like always hitting him and slapping him. And like, he's like a, a legit, like just like an, he's just very irascible. And yeah. He, 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 shoot, he, he says, lay, lay, lays out a lot of his rage on John C. Riley. And uh, it's funny, like, you watch this movie, and John C. Riley plays it in, like, in this fun, like, like, you almost feel a little empathy for, yeah. or sympathy for John C. Riley because he plays it in such a wounded way. Like, you can, you, I can see someone watching this movie and being like, that's our wreck it, Ralph. Like, that's yeah. our, like, our wounded, uh, our wounded bad guy character because he just, like, yeah, because he, he's something about him. He's a puppy dog a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and that, like, but- that, that, those traits are, show, are shown in this film. Yeah, no, I, I mean, everybody talked about him. Street Bacon, Straight Hair and Riley, Mazzello, um, all um, just bring this very, like, just, it, it's just enjoyable. Like, they're all perfectly I, cast. They're all perfectly cast. And it's like, it's one of those movies, too, that you said it's very, like, streamlined. Sto- it's not complicated. It's not really trying to say anything about anything at all. And you're just kind of luxuriating in a, very tense thriller with stars and that's all you need yeah it's it's pretty simple uh, so yeah and it's like yeah and it's uh if you're gonna make a bare but like i wish like oh man if yeah if you're gonna make like a bare bones movie like i feel like people like blumhouse need to watch this movie just to get like i feel like they make a lot of these like smaller movies nowadays that emphasize like you know that are like kind of like trying to like uh, skim their budgets and whatnot, and I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of movies they do that by like having as few speaking parts as possible. And this is like, man, this is like this should be like a template for like films. Like this should be like a good like if you're gonna make like a a fun taut thriller, like you know, with not that many people in it, like this should be your basis. Watch you had um movie. you mentioned the other day that's like if you had said it so well, like if Netflix put out four movies. Like yes. the River Wild a year, like a quarterly, just like taught. Because like Curtis Hansen made like he did um The Hand That Rocks the Cradle as oh, well, man. which is yeah. another like peak nineties thriller. And like this idea of like this is kind of like the nineties thriller, bring that back. Sh- frankly, you gotta shoot it on film, you gotta shoot it in real locations. Mm-hmm. But because like it can't be flat. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like yeah. They are on this damn river. Oh, it's the so entire good. time. I fucking love it. It's so there's yeah. so many moments where I'll just pause the movie and be like, "Fuck, this is like a real. This isn't a back lot. They're not on a green screen. 
You know, it's not like fucking Guardians of the Galaxy shit where like it's just dudes or like fucking it reminds me of like watching like this is like the opposite of like at the MM, uh, Star Wars 2 Attack of the Clones where like that entire movie is just like Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen jumping over green blocks in a green like you know soundstage world or whatever so they can like make every it's uh so good and i get there are inherent challenges and extended costs to going out in the woods in oregon or uh, but it just pays off like Mm -hmm. just to see them on this river to see like streep and bacon and riley like going through rapids like and you know it's them in a like like and i was reading up on it it's obviously not them and like the truly tough stuff but in some of the milder ones it's they're they're in they're doing those stunts they're doing those scenes and it's just like to have them present and i think it brings out stuff in their performances too to have to like be on a river like i don't know how you i mean i understand like like there was some stuff in the movie that I was like, a couple shots even looked like they were out of focus, and I was like, that's probably all they had, because they were there out in the woods, yeah. And they had they were on a time crunch and they had to do it. But there's something beautiful about that. Like yes, it's imperfect, but it's nice. Yeah. Like it and 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 the movie works. It's very tense. It's like all the character tense. dynamics work. Um. You know, we we brought up earlier at one point Meryl Streep goes and goes skinny dipping to take a bath, and it's kind of when we realize that Kevin Bacon's a true nasty man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what because like I think up until that point Meryl Streep is like uh, uh, is like you know oh he's fine he's fine, but then like when that happens she's like okay yeah this is a bad <laughs> dude we should probably yeah we got to get away from this guy right <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> we should probably not have this man near our kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, we should say that. The, the little boy Rourke is a total grunge head. Oh, yeah. He's rocking out to some heavy rock music at the top that driving Meryl Streep nuts. Oh, the Gigolo Ants. I had to look up the name of that band. I was listening to that song. And it's a solid bop. I might make that the outro music for We'd love to hear it. It's, it's good as hell. Everyone listen to the Gigolo Ants. But, uh, but uh, Bacon is wearing a Lollapalooza hat that he, the kid just is totally envious for because the kid never got to see Jane's addiction. Oh, and man. he's upset about that. He wears a ministry hat later in the movie. I mean, very hip. Very what hip a cool guy. kid. I was like, damn, yeah, the fact that he's like, yeah, eight or something and knows who ministry his, is. Yeah, his record collection must have been just awesome. But... Yeah. <laughs> like, this, did this kid hang out with my uncle? But also like extremely 1994. Oh, yeah. Because that was like the peak of, like, for that brief moment in the sun where alternative music was the popular music, oh, yeah. you know. And before so like, had... post rock came in, yeah, yeah, or whatever the hell that followed. Mm-hmm. I always, I always like. There's a pang of sadness every time I hear Billy Corgan say, "Whatever happened to the alternative nation?" I'm like Billy, it's over, man. I'm sorry. It's over, like, bud. You you had you had your you had your shot in the sun. Yeah. Your your first three records I still listen to. Like yeah. you, you're okay. Hell, I'll even listen to Zwan occasionally. Oh, Zwan, I bought that the day it came out. I, I for some reason had really talked myself into uh that Zwan was gonna be something special. I think it'd be the day. It's definitely <laughs> different. It's like it's like a, it's a very, it's a, it's like happy 
smashing pumpkins. I really, really appreciate the Zwan reminder. <laughs> it slipped my mind. Hey, a lyric, uh, a time, uh, something else. I can't remember the song. It was, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember the single. It was kind of like a pop tune, though. Like, but I bought it. The day it came out, like the deluxe edition of that CD, and all my coworkers at the store were like, I hate to tell you, man, but he's kind of, he's well on his way to being washed. And I was like, uh, no, man. no, no, no. He's got a lot to say still. Yeah, come on. Oh, man. Yeah, he, it's, um... and this is before he bought a wrestling organization and became a regular on Alex Jones's show, mind you. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he is like uh, an Alex Jones guy. Yeah, he's now. one of those guys who's like, blame uh, shit on the SJWs. Like, <laughs> oof, Billy, that's a long Billy, drop, my hey. friend. Yeah. Long drop, my wonderful bald Freddy. You know, come on, Bill. You gotta get out of it. Snap out of it, William. But around around this year, I mean, my dad took me to see uh, the Smashing Pumpkins in Seattle on the Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness tour, and I felt like a regular Rourke. You know, I'm Ooh. going to see. Yeah. <laughs> except except my dad. dad was neither straight Heron nor Bacon. Yes. <laughs> was your dad the guy who got? Uh, I hope he wasn't the guy who was in the the. The, the 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 canoe with them initially no yeah no, frank was, yeah, yeah it wasn't frank i mean it wasn't, it wasn't a frank no uh but i did i this was uh, i think we mentioned in the first episode this was that uh, this was the first meryl street movie i ever saw i oh, saw this really? movie upon release i w- because i was a huge fan of kevin bacon's i because I, I was a big tremors we had taped yeah. it off of tv and i was, my brother and i were obsessed with tremors he was and definitely like this was building off that tremors performance tremors and then we were also uh we were a footloose household we we, we watched footloose Ooh, still uh, enjoy it. oh it's um i've not seen it for a long time listeners if you want patrick and i to watch footloose <laughs> in a one-off episode we yeah. will do so Maybe, but, maybe we'll do it, or maybe we have to do like a bacon, a bacon bracket. Well, I think, I mean, he's like obviously there's an entire game devoted around about how how many damn movies he's been in. Yeah. So, dude, yeah. Although it's funny, he's like one of those guys who like hasn't gotten a. It's like him, Bruce Willis. He, he's he hasn't been nominated. You know, he's so um, because he he never goes very um. He's he's just like cool, and like yeah. Like, like it's hard to tell what he's doing sometimes. Uh, that's totally fair. And it's also like he hasn't done a lot of like showy, um, you know, the only movies I can think of like Mystic River, I guess. Well, he, he, and he's like the straight man in yeah. Mystic River. He doesn't get like, yeah, he doesn't get like a big showy moment in that. Because like, yeah, because uh, Sean Penn gets to play angry Boston and Tim Robbins gets to play stupid Boston. <laughs> They both won Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> and Bacon was to play normal Boston. <laughs> and, uh, uh, like, he doesn't get, but is that my daughter down there? <laughs> <laughs> that my daughter? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I, I like that movie. I need I to rewatch. Know. I might have to rewatch Mystic River now. I haven't seen that movie for in so long. Like, I think I watched it, like, when it came out on dhs and dvd for the first time yeah it was uh, another hollywood video classic oh yeah oh yeah you see that you want to know what's up what's up what's in that river why is it so <laughs> mystic is it like the pizza yeah 
Unfortunately, it's not like no. the pizza. At all. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not like not the pizza. Not like the pizza. Like if you're okay, just anyone listening. If oh, that's that like that. The, yeah, Eddie, anyone we we I think we've had some uh, current and post uh, mod night writers on our show as guests, and uh, I got a pitch for you. You go to a video store. You wanted Mystic Pizza, but you rented Mystic River, and you want your money back, and hilarity ensues. Yeah. <laughs> There was no musical element to this film. I thought this was about a lot, bunch of ladies coming of age and making pizza. Yeah. There were no women in this movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> Marcia Gay Harden is no Julia Roberts. Yeah. This wasn't funny intentionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was made in the 2000s. I want my money back. This should have been made in the 80s. And then, like, you you up the ante of the game by revealing this was actually critically acclaimed and was nominated for many Oscars. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, They weren't even talking about pizza. I almost guarantee if we watched Mystic River, we would think Kevin Bacon was the best part. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. And Fishburne's, Fishburne's in that one, too. He's obviously uh great as well but, I can also, um, yeah it's like how like people watch uh, the fighter and like a lot of people were initially like christian bale's the best part of that movie but then there was like this like after like the fighter had been around for a while there were a lot of people that were like actually mark Wahlberg's really subtle in that film he's, a, he's an underrated it's like he's an underrated element of that movie well everyone else is like screaming their heads off in Bo- boston <laughs> extreme oh yeah it's <laughs> like the, it's like tornado of sisters that yeah, is, i know <laughs> what what an amazing like just like move to crazy town that is oh yeah what a oh boy talk about crazy town though where have we we're we're in the midst of talking boston oh, yeah, we're, movies we're... and although river wild at the start takes place in boston so we're gonna we're to bring it all back home it's a boston movie it's You're a boston first. movie meryl streep who's never made an accent though that she wasn't into doesn't try a Boston accent, oh, nor does Dra- David Strathairn, and good for them. <laughs> like, yeah. good, on, good on you guys. Oh, yeah. Well, it, what I like, too, is, like, well, it's interesting. She's, like, I guess she's from Idaho, and then, like, her... Somehow what, went to Boston. Somehow went to Boston. Yeah, what's... uh? I'm not a big prequel guy. I was kind of, I've kind of been shitting on prequels lately, but uh, give me that origin <laughs> story of how someone who was raised by, like, like a, like a death father in rural Idaho... Uh, well, I think, like um... How about uh, here's a pitch coming of age movie about a young woman finding herself and doing the gauntlet and then leaving after she does the gauntlet to go to Boston. Yeah. When we see her do it the first time. Oh, yeah. man, that that wins. that was the funniest part, though. When David straight hair and like climbs up. <laughs> and looks at her, oh, my God. The gauntlet. <laughs> look a little silly <laughs> i was i wish they had done like a, a slam zoom on him as he was saying it like Whoo. oh my god the gauntlet <laughs> <laughs> my god did they zoom on the dog as well that's something uh joe dante does in the burbs which i always really appreciate is that he does these slow zooms on each of the characters when they see the clopex and he closes on the dog <laughs> zooms in on the dog uh, Another so good. show of his genius and how funny he is um also like i will say like on the subject of the dog that is like i i like a little silly but i also kind of loved it how like the dog was like it was like one of those movie dogs where like 
it's almost it's like just a hair away from sentience yeah it's like <laughs> almost an old yeller where you can just like talk to the dog and it'll do whatever you want it would have been really, really funny if the dog had turned to David Strathairn when they're setting up their Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator level of traps at the end of it. And yeah. like, I think this is a good trap, Tom. I respect you now. He goes, thanks. And then he hears it's the like, camera. I've been in the river way too long. <laughs> <laughs> Just suddenly he has like a flask and he's like, eh, no more of this. <laughs> Gulp. Oh, yeah, we're adding a lot of comedy beats to movies that don't need them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but I think, like, th- I think this movie, like, I loved it when I was a kid. I thought it was really, really, like, a wonderful thriller. It was one my entire family actually liked watching together. Mm-hmm. I think that it kind of makes sense. It kind of, it weirdly enough, is like a family adventure movie. Yeah, I'd say this is, like, nearly... I wouldn't feel bad showing this to like a kid, even the age of Rourke. Like there's like, it's like, there's not like, it's not like super like violent. To, I mean, there's like a little bit of hitting a little bit, of it, but it's not like, it's not it's like one, super bloody. A couple gunshot murders. Yeah. Which, which are pretty like, they're pretty tame though. They're pretty tame. You know, the thing yeah. that is though, and we're going to spoil it. We'll just go ahead and spoil it. Yeah. Um, How earned is the moment when Meryl Streep shoots Kevin Bacon? It really is like, has peaked out to like the moment where she finally gets him. You're like, yes, you got him. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it was totally just, oh, and he looks like such a sleaze bag in that moment. And like the way he has his like head on his neck, he looks, it's very comical and weird. Like he truly yeah. looks like, he looks like he's lost his mind a little bit by that portion of the movie. And he has a little bit. Like he yeah. 100% turns on him. And like when, uh, when Meryl, like, uh, Fain, fa- okay, here's a little spoiler. Like he, she, at one point, Meryl feigns that uh, she's run out of bullets, and when Kevin figures this out, she like goes to like attack. Like, uh, is it? Does she go to attack Meryl, or does she go to like attack like the kid? I can't remember. No, uh, the kid's not there, but he tells Riley to stab David oh. Strathairn. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And then I love how like Riley's immediately just like, I'm done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> as soon as, like, yeah, wait. Just a... I wait for the helicopter. Yeah, my arm's <laughs> broken. I'm fine. That's over. I'll yeah. take I'll take jail. Yeah, jail's cool. I'm cool. <laughs> but I think this movie totally rocks. And I think yeah. uh we, I think it's it gets an Academy Academy endorsement. You mm-hmm. should check it out. Uh everything is really fun about it. I guess we should probably talk about though is you know, Meryl Streep is playing a very um, kind of souls of the earth regular yeah. gal. Like the entire idea is it's a regular person thrown into an extraordinary situation. Fortunately, she does have a superpower. She's awesome at river rafting. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> funny, too, because I feel like this is like the type of movie. It's almost kind of like um, a little, uh, you know, uh, forgive the pun. It's a little wild uh, that mm-hmm. uh, that Meryl's like the star of this movie because I can see like I feel like this is like the type of movie that like a Dennis Quaid would have led or something or like yeah, you know what it, I mean? it's very cool. It's like it's it, it's a perfect it's Meryl is never as much as we've joked and dreamt about her doing like action movies and things mm-hmm. in like kind of genre stuff. Yeah. This is going to be the closest she ever yeah. comes oh, toward like a full-scale action movie and it's, it's but it's firmly within her wheelhouse <laughs> oh she owns it it's so yeah. good and like yeah man, this is the closest we'll ever get to death wish with meryl street yeah, yeah. It, it is yeah i i know that too she was extremely uncomfortable 
doing the gun scene because she doesn't she's she's anti-gun and um i can't i i'm trying to think if there's i we've watched so many but i don't i think this is the only one we've seen where she actually no she fires a gun in uh out of africa yeah but that's like a hunting thing though yeah right but in terms of like yeah vi in uh, like a truly like human on human violence kind of thing might be the only one i think it's the only one movie correct us if we're wrong we've we've got we've watched so many at this point um, but yeah, is there a scene in uh, The Devil Wears Prada where, where she where, kills someone? Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I don't like that caftan. Yeah, she shoots Emily yeah. <laughs> for being late to the phones. <laughs> Stanley Tucci's like, I didn't get the job. And she's like, that's not the worst. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And then she opens uh, she opens a trap door and feeds him to the Sarlacc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the Rancor, sorry. But Come yeah, on. I think like, the, yeah, they, the, and I think she understands. She understood though that she had to do like the thriller beats mm-hmm. in this. Um, and, and her character is justified in the context. Like, justified, yeah. Yeah, it's almost and, like a part of me. Like after you said that, I wonder if she was like, okay, if I'm gonna shoot someone, it has to be like you have to show that he's really a bad dude. And yeah, it's 100 percent the worst. Like, yeah, like <laughs> the world would be better off without him. Like remember, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 a super it's a super fun time we couldn't yeah. recommend it more um and i think like you know something jen brought up i wanted to bring bring up is that it's um what meryl you know usually it's all about kind of like makeup wigs voice kind of those the more intimate kind of that element of physicality but this one is all about like her like kind of muscular physicality as a performer which i don't think we've seen before because she has to do she should be very strong physically to do these like rafting oh yeah kind of stuff and like the movie opens she's on the river looking like one of the winklevoss brothers (laughs) (laughs) and um so it's like a different side to what she has to bring to the table kind of like a quiet strength kind of like her take even on like a you know action hero like a bruce willis traditional part or something like that and i think she you know as with everything else she more than handles it and she is the kind of foundation of the movie because she doesn't really gail doesn't really change you could tell gail's strong and brave Mm -hmm. from the start of the movie you know tom david strathairn's character is kind of the one who has the emotion like character change arc because he does go from being a stick in the mud workaholic to being like climbing mountains setting traps and being a rad dad who's he's gonna get laid when he gets home they're back together it's a classic cuck to king tale yeah it's very he has a couple dudes rock moments in the end he even gets like there's also like the the weird like side story of like him gaining the respect of the dog yeah like it's like it's like a recurring theme in the film where like he'll try to like get the dog to do things like move sit and then like, it shows you where he has he is in the family though with Meryl and Rourke and even the dog don't respect him. Oh yeah, no, totally. Like me, yeah, the Meryl, like yeah, Meryl. And that's the thing. Like he'll say like you know sit or move, and the dog won't do anything. Meryl says sit. Dog sits. You know, Meryl says you know get Chinese on Seventh Street. The dog's gonna go to like the local Chinese restaurant and bring back the Chinese food. It's like that level of like, yeah. <laughs> but they they do so well in like showing his status in the movie, whether it's like. Rourke 
demanding to hang out with Kevin Bacon before they know Kevin Bacon's bad and when he's just charming and Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And then like Bacon popping the shirt to learn how to fly fish with Meryl Streep. And they're like all over each other. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> in front of him and you're just while, like, like... While David Strathairn's character is like doing like work, like yes. on like a little sand bank on the yeah, side of like, like, gotta work on this architecture thing. Yeah. And it's like, no, this guy is like actively flirting with your wife shirtless in yeah. front of you <laughs> like let the architecture go buddy yeah i think yeah. this is the this is the time to learn how to fly fish yeah reconnect with your family you're gonna end up becoming santa claus accidentally yeah because it, it, it is a christmas movie too it's oh, not yeah. um, <laughs> but i think i don't think this movie makes the tournament i think it's you know it isn't i don't think it's like a firework level Meryl Streep performance. I think she's like, it's not that she's bad or anything like that. We just said she's great. But I do think that this is one of the funnest movies we've watched. And if you just want to have an enjoyable evening, this would be at the top three of what we've watched. I would say like, uh, and I say this as a compliment, honestly, like everything about this movie is very workmanlike in a way that's like very, it's like everyone's like a craftsman who's like performs at like the peak of their like they're all like very good at what they do and it's like they're all just kind of like uh they have a job they're fulfilling the job it's not trying to ask for anything deeper it's not trying to like you know plunge the depths of humanity it's just uh people that are great at acting and directing and performing and all that stuff you know just having a fun time like everything's yeah. just yeah it's just like yeah and that's fine like sometimes movies can just be enjoyable yeah, just and that's it. But, but I mean, not to get too deep into this, but this gets yeah. kind of that content argument that was all over film Twitter the last week. It's like there's like IP content, which everyone's like, oh, this is just like, we're can't you just let us enjoy ourselves? Well, that stuff is so like inauthentic. This is authentically fun. Yeah. Like, this isn't trying to be anything at all. God. Like, it's not trying to win awards. It's just trying to be a purely entertaining thriller. And I think it hits it out of the park. Yep. And Bring it back. That's what I want. Just like, yeah. Just Make like fun. more River Wilds and less, like, almost everything else that it regularly gets made. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. And like we said it earlier, like, yeah, Netflix, come on, guys. Just like, uh, get fucking whoever today's Curtis Hansen is. I don't mm-hmm. know who that equivalent would be. But whoever fulfills, like, you know, maybe, like, someone who's, like, not as, like, dour as Taylor Sheridan. I was th- said, yeah, no, I think it can't be, like, it's got to be. Because, um, like, I, yeah, I don't want so meaning. <laughs> let me, like, I think that there has to be movies, like, and let me just double check this. But uh, one of the movies that pops in my head was uh, Premium Rush. The yeah. Michael Shannon, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. And then also the... Um, I thought uh, there was the there was the I think it was called Perfect Vacation. It was like a vacation movie that Timothy Oliphant. Oh my Mila god! Jehovah Perfect Vic, Getaway. Perfect, Perfect Getaway. getaway. There you go. Rips. There's one. Yes. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I forgot like about that. Pure pulp enjoyment. Oh man, and it's like such a great cast. Like all oh, there's like yeah, Chris Hemsworth. I think is is it Chris? Yeah, Hemsworth? he's in it too. Yeah. yeah, and um, he's actually a good actor. I like yeah, I like him, him too. I, I like him too. But I think yeah. he's. Like, make more, like, of these mid-range yep. movies. Yeah, I'm perfect getaway. I'm looking at the Wikipedia From, like, page. $14 clever, million. Clever writers. Yes. Doing fun stuff. 
and for adults because they're all r-rated because they got great violence and action too (laughs) you know and like and the idea like and there were like what is it like I, I, I'm not going to ruin that one. That one actually has a pretty wonderful twist that I yeah. don't want to. Um, and we're not covering it for our show, so I'm not yeah, going to ruin yeah. it. But just if you haven't seen it, we yeah, well, that gets a full Academy Academy endorsement as well. But I think, yeah, I mean, make more fun movies. And yeah. speaking of fun, like I think we can move on to our third movie, which I think is another kind of gem that they don't... A weird gem. Yeah, it's it isn't odd, as it's um, it's it weird. isn't as streamlined and sleek in its like machinery as River Wild is. There are some bumps in the road with this movie. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. But it's an interesting movie, nonetheless. And we're talking about 2009s. So it's complicated. Um, written and directed by Nancy Myers. Uh, this one was budgeted at $85 million. We'll get to it. That money. <laughs> that money's on the screen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It is insane that this movie cost because it is just like it's such a low you know like the movies like there's no nature there's no like but like man the money is there it's crazy it's there in a different much different way but i also think that that might be one of the reasons why these movies aren't being made as much anymore um it it made though 224 million at the box office so it did pretty darn well um the movie also has a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this one does have a critical consensus. Despite fine work by an appealing cast, it's complicated. It's predictable romantic comedy fairy going for broad laughs instead of subtlety and nuance. We can just dis- we can just dis- we can discuss whether we think that is um, yeah. accurate or not. Uh, this movie received no Academy Award nominations. Uh, did receive three GG nominations though uh best actress in a musical or comedy of course <laughs> meryl streep uh best motion picture musical or comedy and best screenplay for nancy myers um patrick your relationship with nancy myers movie she is kind of a auteur of a very very specific style like all auteurs are mm-hmm. um i think that her reputation has really shifted uh, in recent years, I think, in kind of the idea that, like, it is interesting to see someone following, like, at first it was, like, kind of, it was easy to make fun of the kitchen porn of her movies, but now it's, like, such a trademark. It's exciting. It's, like, churches and Bergman movies. (laughs) Yeah, the way that, like, yeah, the the way, yeah. (laughs) This is, like, yeah, this is the the way that, like, yeah, like, a church is... uh, Beautifully shown in wild strawberries, the way that they they they, they lavish on like an upper middle class household's uh, you know uh, uh, the kitchen island. Yeah, <laughs> and she is a real like expert mm-hmm. at this kind of middle aged romance, getting your groove back kind of story. Whether it's this or um, something's got to give, or the oh, intern, yeah. or um, what women want even and I, uh and i will say she's like it's so she's perfect it's very professionally done like it's so well shot it's so like the craft it's so it's so insane it's so funny because like you think about like uh movies it, like this they can be so boring and so flaccid and it's just like the the, the cinematography by john toll like the amount of depth on the screen 
Like it just, it feels like a very limited place and it feels like you're watching like a legit movie that should be in theaters. It's not something that just yes. like schlepped onto Hulu. You know, after- it's this, it's the slickest, highest level version yeah. of the romantic comedy. Like it isn't like, I, I haven't watched them, but I've seen like clips of kind of the romantic comedies that they've been putting on Netflix and they feel very flimsy. They like, they were shot yesterday and they're on TV today yeah. and this like i think you, you said it really well it's just this is a movie huh, this is so, a straight up movie and yeah. it's got stars it's the money's on the screen yeah it's you and know it's, and, and yeah it, yeah and meryl is just so like everyone all the, the three main leads they're so magnetic in this movie. especially i'm gonna give like kudos to alec baldwin fucking, yeah. yeah he's good and he and streep i mean have great chemistry mm-hmm. she thinks he's a total rascal, but can't get enough of him. And it's just, it's all on screen. Like she knows he's like, he's a bad boy. Yeah. He's he's a naughty, he's a naughty boy. Yeah. And, but at the same time, everything I love, but it's like, yes, it's like rich person porn. Yeah. But that like, even down though, like the character defining Porsche, he drives every time (laughs) he drives up in that Porsche, you're like, Oh, he's a smooth customer, and he's driving yeah. the right car for his character, just like Steve Martin's sensible, still very expensive and wonderful Audi. Is oh, yeah. the perfect car for Steve Martin's character? Uh, <laughs> like, they are like, yeah. It, it is, is this world we're living in where it's these are privileged people. Like we're just you know, obviously. But I want to get back real quick to kind of the Nancy Myers Uber overall. I I certainly like I thought something's got to give was surprisingly I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. A lot of it's because of Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton's wonderful chemistry and like wonderful things like Keanu Reeves being in love with Diane Keaton. Mm -hmm. Like you got to love that. But I I really liked the intern. Like I can't I've seen it. It's 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 another one of those ones like you see the poster, you hear the tagline, oh, Robert De Niro is an old man going back to work and he works yeah. for Anne Hathaway at like a tech company. You're like, oh, that's going to be lame. Yeah. But it's think- really like it works. It really works. And she gets really nice. Like she knows how to work with movie stars and get them to kind of like be charming movie stars really, really yeah. well. And kind of like brings out the qualities that you love in them mm-hmm. and it's really on display here big time with street martin and baldwin and you know to kind of i guess we should break down the the complicated plot yeah. to this film <laughs> uh so meryl streep is a bakery owner whose bakery just looks like the best place in the entire damn world oh, like, give me those chocolate croissants just you- give them like give them to me you bet there's a uh, you bet there's a montage set to a French song in that bakery that makes the one in Ratatouille look like fucking shit. Yeah, they look they so that, good. Yeah, Eddie, that, Steve Martin, a croissant amateur. They look great. The ones he makes. Oh yeah. Also, the part where like uh, like Meryl Streep has a little croissant beard at one point. They're playing yeah. around. It is like it's very fun. It is like they go. It's so up until like the very end. It is insanely by the numbers. Yes. Um. <laughs> So she is a single mother of three weird kids, and we yeah. will get to the strangeness of her children. <laughs> An odd preponderance for slang. 
Yeah. <laughs> Slang. Not feeling real at all. Oh, yeah. Really, really, really loving their parents and not wanting to leave home at all. Well, it's um, like, this movie is kind of like... Never feel- seeming to have problems in their life. <laughs> it is kind of like... Uh, this movie does feel like a movie made for, like, like moms for their kids of just like it's like yeah. she's making it where it's like this is like the ideal world for like a mom yeah, like this kids, is like the kids behave themselves not only call yeah. but drop in oh yeah oh and they yeah unless sometimes they want to you know use that credit card yeah but hey it's not for anything like shady it's just it's for responsible it's decisions a, yes, they're responsible responsible people nary a drug they would try unless yeah they, Less is like you know. Less is a little. Like, less is a little uh, fridge weed. Ricky, yeah, a Rick, Ricky, Ricky and the Flash coming back to you. Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, this is like the second... great double feature with Ricky and the Flash. I think this would be a wonderful double uh, feature with Ricky. Pairs so nicely. What? Yeah. What weirdly similar films in like certain way in certain it, ways. Yeah, it's like if Ricky had just continued to be married to Kevin Klein and given up her rock and roll dreams. Oh, we yeah. would have gotten a lot of gotten close to Streep's character in this. But so basically she's been divorced from Baldwin for about a decade. Baldwin has remarried to a much younger woman has a five-year-old son and seems unhappy. In it. Yeah. And her and him and Streep get drunk one night and they begin having an affair. Crazy. But at the same time, Streep needs her dream is to have her kitchen that is the currently the size of my apartment. It's just too damn small. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, she wants to make Winchester's kitchen, like just yes. like a never ending kitchen with like <laughs> kitchen islands that lead to nowhere, pantries <laughs> that go on for miles and miles. And, <laughs> the, and she hires a newly divorced, soft spoken sweetheart of a man. Adam, played by Steve Martin. Oh, yeah. And do you think her and Steve develop a bit of a flirtation? You better believe it. Oh, and yeah. that's where things get complicated. It's complicated. Um, they're also good. And it's, it is funny because it, it walks a very fine line with some very, like, truthful moments and bittersweet moments of kind of what it means to, like, time passing letting go of things not being able to go back and aging and dating after divorce and that kind of thing with like weird broad jokey performances from her kids and john krasinski who plays a fiance to one of her kids and classic romantic comedy stuff like the scene where Meryl Streep drinks wine with her friends and oh, they yeah. have no personalities whatsoever other than to support Meryl Streep <laughs> and her dreams. They're like just extensions of various aspects of her personality basically. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, like you have to expect John Krasinski to walk into the room and no one's there. It's just Meryl Streep. And he will do like a gym <laughs> office gym double take and look at us like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Another one for the secret vaults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like John Krasinski, he's like, it's so funny. Like, I don't like, it's not like that I don't like, like, I like him in the office. He's so great in that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I think that's just like, it's so hard not to see him as just the same problem I have with Steve Carell, where it's like, it's really hard not to see Steve Carell as Michael Scott. It's mm-hmm. really hard not to see John Krasinski as his Jim. I wonder how they landed on the name Harley. 
for his character. I was very kind of like thrown by that character name. I was like, uh, yeah. you don't strike me as a Harley. You strike me as a Doug. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, or like what? Preston. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a, Doug is actually a good, yeah. Or maybe like Normie. But... You clearly went to like Dartmouth or Brown. Yeah. <laughs> with Meryl Streep's daughter. Yeah. Or like and... couldn't, get, couldn't get into Dartmouth. Had to settle with Oberlin. Yeah. Like. <laughs> He didn't go, yeah, he, as Ted Cruz would say, he went to one of the minor Ivies <laughs> or the lesser Ivies. <laughs> yeah. Schools I didn't get into. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get to them either. And Ted Cruz is an asshole. So we're oh, yeah, all no. on the same page. Oh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, but a bad fucker. Uh, yeah, all that stuff monster. happening. Yeah, evil. Who's, okay, who's worse, him or Kevin Bacon in the River Wild? <laughs> uh, it would be really funny to see Ted Cruz. Cruise in that just we we need yeah. to comment we need to commandeer your raft. <laughs> <laughs> it's like him and like fucking Josh Holly or some shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Quiet, Josh. Quiet, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh uh, man, he's like oh. Ted Cruz is more. That's like another less... pitch I think for UCB. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> he is like more of like a, I think he's more of like a snidely whiplash character than like. Yeah. And like fucking Kevin Kevin Bacon, Bacon. like he has like he 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 is like one like anthropomorphic dog with like a fighter jet hat away from being dick dastardly. Like he is that level of like uh, just like arch arch villain. Uh, Back to back to it's complicated. But yeah, I think like this movie is it's. I think it, it it struggles a bit. I think to find kind of the balance between being um, like broad, and, nuanced, and broad. Yeah, and kind of bounces back and forth between the two, because I think the broad part is probably what helped make it two hundred twenty four million dollars. Yeah, at the it, box office, like the poster of Alec Baldwin looking very pleased, shirtless, while in bed with <laughs> Meryl Streep. It's like, <laughs> but I think like. The entire movie leads up to that part where they're on the bench at the end, and they she has to break, break up with him again. Oh yeah, and it's kind of a beautiful, sensitive moment. It, it works, and I yes, think, it like, totally works. And the thing too is like the way the movie is made because like it is like so broad uh, for the most part. Like it, you have to have someone like Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep, like that level of like star power and like charisma, because like anyone else in the Alec Baldwin world it really wouldn't I don't know how that would like because like it's sleazy he's a sleazy guy he's like he's married to like Lake Bell like I, I can't think of an actor maybe Kevin Klein maybe mm-hmm. Kevin Klein could pull it he's so different though Man. yeah I think Kevin Klein gets the Steve Martin part these yeah, days if they true. were doing it these days uh, the yep. older Kevin Klein but I think like the reason the reason it's pulled it off is that Streep never play never like can yeah, challenge she, she can challenge baldwin's alpha status yeah like you don't think she's being run over by him like so many other performers would be run over by his because he is and they even like make fun of how burly he is yep in the movie like for a guy who i believe is fairly vain He's yeah. very he's very open to some less he than is, he's, he's to, to some less than vain um, shirt shirt off scenes. I love the yeah. part where he's just like rub like man. I was like yeah. I, I wanted to he's see very that. Very proud theaters. of his belly. You yeah, know? like I'm just imagining like this, this movie does have like the uh, like the John Toll like provides this movie depth, and I just I'm imagining like a 3D version of this movie 
or like that belly, that big, it's hairy too, man. And I get it. I'm also a dude with a big ass hairy belly. And like, it's like, you know, bro, kudos to you, brother. Yeah. Like, sh- he- show off, show off that Hagrid gut. Have fun. <laughs> you're, you're a rich 60 year old man. And you're yeah. Just living your best life. <laughs> yeah. Just like, he's like, oh man. <laughs> like all the stuff it- where he's like, my wife just lets me eat all the cream cheese I want. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even like you're right the like the john toll camera like the way the camera just sweeps over all of the baked goods at her yeah. bakery you're just like wow this is great and you oh, can like totally. like i went to santa barbara actually two weeks ago mm-hmm. and there is something like very intoxicating about the um e- even during quarantine of the the rich person beach community that yeah. is that play and like we were just walking around town like man this is great uh-huh. and the movie just kind of captures that like kind of easy going like man this would be such a nice place to live yeah what a perfect life this <laughs> yeah. like, like dude i'll tell you what man like you know because like i drive lyft and i'll uh i'll drive people to like fucking san diego sometimes all the way from la and like that drive is so scenic and it's like you know fuck maybe i should just like uh <laughs> like just like like quit everything and just like uh like just move to fucking uh oceanside or something. yeah you should uh learn you should we should, we should both of us apparently should have finished law school so yeah. we could have <laughs> so we could have uh been a high-powered lawyer like alec baldwin in this yeah. movie and we been do, able to afford awesome houses in yep. San, in santa barbara at weird midlife crisis crises we could <laughs> rekindle our love for our, our former wear, lives wear, wear suits just regularly yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like pat our bellies and complain about how much cream cheese we eat i think he wears the suit regularly because when he wears a t-shirt he looks more out of shape yeah no he's like he's like he's a vain man i think he is like yeah, yeah. he knows it's... he knows how to like he knows all the fat guy tricks <laughs> yeah it's very funny <laughs> I like it. And I'm I like, just, hey, I see. I, he's a king. I, 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 although, like in IRL, Alec Baldwin probably not a king, but yeah. like, but his I, character, his character. He's he's I, he's a complicated guy. I yeah. get the, I get the impression he's quite complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Well, he's like a gift. He's a gifted actor. Yeah. But he like can't get out of his own way. It's kind. Of, it's it really is amazing. Like these people who are so successful, but just like, yeah, can't just can't like. Yeah, the flip side of that would be Kevin Bacon, who's yeah. so chill, it seems, yep. that you forget about him. Yeah, which maybe <laughs> like, is what he wants, probably. Yeah, like he just like he like I see I he's he's a fun Twitter follow, Kevin Bacon, because he just puts up like Spotify playlists of like John Prine songs. Oh. You're like, yeah, you're just living your best life, dude. <laughs> like, he's just a cool dude. Okay, yeah, he's I'm just a, cool. Yeah, I'm he's just gonna, cool. I'm gonna follow him now. That's awesome. He That's doesn't it. say anything controversial. He's just cool. Yeah, it just seems like a good, cool dude. That's what, if I ever become someone of fame, that's literally all. I'm just going to post, like, Spotify he's, playlists. He's aged terrifically, too. He's, uh, he's like, the, I think he's older than Baldwin is. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. He so good on you, younger. King, Kevin Bacon. He's the mm. true king. That's the true king. We, we uh, but speaking of the other side, we haven't talked a lot about Steve Martin. In yeah. his performance, it's um, a thankless performer role, kind of. Yeah, he's. It's weird. You get somebody like Steve Martin, and you ask him not to do no anything. Piss. Yeah, like you know, other than look longingly at Meryl Streep. 
like has, he has like one moment where he's uh he has one moment of like broad comedy and that's when like when Alec he dan- Baldwin, he's high and dancing no nah, that's what i was oh. thinking about when alec baldwin's like on his bed naked oh yeah uh, not his bed meryl's bed and then like he's like oh i did not just see that butt Ooh. like yeah <laughs> yeah a little panic there yeah <laughs> and grab the bleach but yeah, oh my gosh yeah. uh but i think he he has to be a foundational character because he mm-hmm. he's he's definitely like one of the most mature adults i've seen on screen oh, in a yeah. while like he's a guy who's like 60 who's just been there yep. he's just and he's a little wary but he's very like comfortable he's he's a successful architect because no one in nancy myers movies are not successful also, he's like a genuinely kind soul. Like, yes, he has, like he he doesn't like he's bear, a decent like, man. Yeah, you know, he was the person crying on the plane. He doesn't bear any malice towards his ex wife, or he's like trying to like, you know, he's like literally listening to tapes on how to like compartmentalize his anger and yeah. like deal with like yeah his emotions. But it, it, they are playing archetypes because we as an audience have to be like, no, Meryl. Yeah. Steve Martin is the right choice for you, but we get it. Yeah, Alec is more exciting. Oh yeah, he's like yeah, he's the bad boy. Um, yeah, it, it's like such a weird like this is just like the super like wealth porn version of like the most basic rom com where it's like the bad boy or the good boy. Yeah, like yeah, yeah it's like it's, a high school. Oh, you can put this in high school. Yeah. Oh, you could 100. percent It's like so like, but the the the, the meat of this pot is like primordial almost. And up if until like the very end, if you put it in high school, you could eliminate their kids. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, man. Their, their kids are. I mean, I I don't know if we've like expressed enough. They're aliens. How alien their children are. They're <laughs> like, Martians. They, they are, are just... so weird. So invested in their parents. They're, the kid is 22 and graduating from college and wants to hang out with his parents like for the party and stuff it is and i love my folks and everything like that yeah. but it's like when you're 22 you're a selfish as shit yeah. you want to get drunk you want to meet people you want to meet the people you're attracted to and you know and you want to be a like at a bar like away you know yeah. it's like and, and, and it's so funny that these kids like don't like it's like they try to like pepper slang in the movie apparently like, occasionally and it does not work like it's like it's written it feels like the lines were performed by the person who wrote this like screenplay <laughs> who is just not like like there's like a scene where like i think it's like zoe uh, kazan she says hey gangsta are you gonna help me carry these and it's just like on what plane? Even in two thousand nine, are you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. No one, no one would say that the way you said it. It's, it's like an insane, it's, even it's ironically, like, very odd. Nancy Myers is the same age as her leading characters. She understands. She's like went through a famous divorce. She understands that milieu and those people completely. Yeah. So she's able to really capture them oddly enough she has kids that are like around like between my age and your age yeah but like i don't think she, she ran this by them at all yeah, <laughs> like, and it could be like a commentary on how like you know if you're like super super well maybe the kids are like a little odd maybe know. maybe it's her dream of how the kids should behave or that- it could be a weird wealthy thing where like maybe it's like, like the, a- the 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 children of the rich are like around 
all the time and don't want to rebel and like get away or anything yeah. like that and they're all like incredibly supportive and like that scene and it should have been emotional but i laughed when the kid her son is crying and he's like what makes you think we've processed your divorce <laughs> Respond that way. It's and so all, all three of the kids are crying. <laughs> uh, Movie night. We're gonna watch The Graduate together. What? No one does this. Yeah. No one. If you're doing a movie night together, maybe you're watching like our Av- river, the Avatar. River I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you're watching Avatar. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but, you're 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 watching whatever's on TNT at eight thirty. Good luck in getting my family with my parents are still together. They've been married forty years. Like no, like none of the drama of this. Good luck getting all four of us to agree <laughs> on a movie and like sit down together. Let's have some popcorn together. It's like yeah. I remember we tried that. We watched Inception together. And <laughs> My dad fell asleep. My mom was deathly confused and hated it. And my brother and I watched it. <laughs> that was so- uh, <laughs> I watched, uh, I remember I watched Let Them All Talk with my, my, mom, my parents and my sister. They all hated it so much. I was the only person that liked it. And, <laughs> and we're it was- Let Them All Talk heads on this show. Oh, we're huge Let Them All Talk. We're freaks for Let Them All Talk. I, I, I do like that film. I, I do. Oh, the further away good. we've gotten from it, I think it's very good. Oh, same here. It's great. It's great. But like, yeah, it was one of those things where like when I'm with them, they're all like, well, it's like my parents just don't have like, especially like, like, I think I told, I think I've said this on the podcast already, how like one time when I was like sick from home, like from school, my mom and I, we like watched some of the movies that were up for an Oscars. I think it was like either 2006 or 2007, but we watched uh, No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood back to back. My mom was like, those people were dicks. I hated them. <laughs> what bad people? These are bad movies. <laughs> it's interesting the, 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 the thing that, that those are equivalents. Bad uh, yeah, people equals bad movies. Yeah. It's like, I, I, at one level, it's like, okay, sure. Like, you have, you only have so many time, like hours left on this earth. You want to see a movie about a good a goodie, not a baddie. But then it's also like, ah, come on. Like, I don't know. I, I find it so, like, thrilling to meet. Yeah, we talked a little bit about on Angels in America. Just complicated. Oh, complicated. Yeah. Uh, characters. Yeah. It's complicated. It you is know, complicated. We... Yeah. Oh, and uh, Baldwin, in case you haven't seen the movie, Baldwin does get the titular title line late in the movie. Yeah. He does say, well, it's complicated. Oh, <laughs> Which I, I was happy with. I, man, I, I wish we had one like that in the River Wild, where like, <laughs> while David Strathern is on like the edge of the cliff, he just looks at like the gauntlet and is like, "Wow, the the River Wild, River Wild, man, <laughs> <laughs> the River Wild, <laughs> <laughs> the River Wild." That's when you find out he's actually the older version of the character he played in Silkwood. I heard that he's a uh, he's a bit of like a like groovy kind of hippie guy in real life and but he always plays like i mean he played uh edward r murrow like the straight laced like business types but apparently he's not like that at all oh totally yeah he played seward like yeah he's such a he's so good at playing like uh it's so funny like because i think about like him he's like merrill to me in the sense of like i've seen his range is so crazy because like he plays like the weird hippie guy in like Silkwood a little bit, like the kind of like the southern hippie guy, and then he like plays like the the you know kind of like the stick in the mud like architect, and then like in Passion Fish, 
he plays like a different type of like hillbilly. He, he like he's like a full on Cajun in Patrick. He's a uh, he's a sales favorite, and so he's in a lot of John Sales movies and gets a chance to kind of uh, take some wild swings in that. He's also um, extremely good in Nomadland. Yeah, uh, oh. for recent he's recently he's he's in he's he's one of the few outside of um, Francis McDormand, one of the few uh, actors who's not playing themselves in the movie. He like uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I had a friend who just uh, my friend uh, Maria, shout out to Maria. Uh, she just texted me that movie is now on Hulu. Apparently, yes, it is. Yeah, today as of today. I am gonna I'm gonna watch me some Nomadland maybe later tonight probably for a, for a street break before I'm gonna drive drive back in. Oh, uh, God, but yeah. we should probably talk about if this we know it's complicated, but is it bracket worthy? Mm. Um, you know my vote is in no. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's great. Yeah, she's great. In it, um, not a lot of heavy lifting. And not that there has to be heavy lifting, but I think it's, I think it's a part that isn't too far outside the zone for her. It's in terms not, of, yeah, it's not super flashy, you know? It's not yeah. Like, yeah. And it's like, it is, and I think you're 100% right. And it's also, um, yeah, there's other movies where she's, has more to, it's so funny because she is like the protagonist of this but like if you're if anyone was gonna have a bracket worthy performance i guess it would probably be baldwin yeah like if we were ever so. to do a, like you know season 87 we're at baldwin <laughs> <laughs> like you know, we've lost our minds we've lost done our minds, yeah. <laughs> 2500 episodes of the show <laughs> like i have a beard that goes down to my toes. I, I, my voice has gone like full marin <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're just asking each other who our guys are for no yeah, reason. Very, so, Alec, who's your guy? <laughs> yeah, who's your guy, Alec? No one there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we still, no celebrity has come up. 2,500 episodes, we've had zero celebrity guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not even Pepper. Not even. 49 Twitter followers. <laughs> yeah, 49. Yeah. I'm looking at the, the analytics. Oh, we just got 72 uh, listens. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Big, big, yeah, we're attacking big, each other. Hey, big, big week. Big, big week, yeah. Season 87, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we talked about Glengarry Glenn Ross again. <laughs> yeah, like the seventh time, yeah. Seventh actor in Glengarry Glenn Ross. Yeah, <laughs> this is like, yeah, after we've done like a Kevin Spacey one. Yeah, I know. And, yeah, we're just like depressed the entire way through. Of course, in light of allegations that yeah. came later like, on. <laughs> we know he's bad. This is all we have left. So, like, he's good in this. He is a total creep. Yeah. <laughs> if we, okay, if we did a Kevin Spray, we're not going to do one. We're not. Spacey's we're not. evil. We're never going to. We're not. He's bad. But, but if we did, we'd have to include his insane... Like, that would have to be a movie in itself. That'd be, like, one of the brackets would be his insane Christmas videos. Oh, yeah. Oh, those my are gosh. Like, those are, like, a movie, and it's, like, those are, like, a performance. And we are not this kind of show, but I'm fascinated with the conspiracy <laughs> theories that go around with what he's oh. actually, like, alluding to and talking about in these videos. Like, if you go down the rabbit hole of that. <laughs> that could be a Patreon episode. Yeah. We could go down the, Ke the Kevin Spacey hole. That could we'll be, be a fun, yeah. like, Just yeah. do our own version of True and On. <laughs> yeah, just, like, yeah, just, <laughs> the the one the one suspect the so this is where he's calling out the royal family for being pedos <laughs> like, 
God, yeah. <laughs> These are his Epstein allegations. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, he's on like those flight logs. I bet he. Uh, yeah. He is, yep, no, that's yeah, what I thought. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. him and no, he's a part of that entire. Um... Oh boy, we're we are really. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, ten twenty. It's ten twenty. We're, we're, we're toward yeah, the end of the tired. episode. We're, yeah, we're going. Yeah. Blood. yeah, we're talking about Epstein allegations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only. Yeah. Oh man. Every it's so okay. We're moving on. I can't talk about. But this. I mean, I I think it's far more fascinating what Chris Tucker was doing there. But that's can... what I was thinking too. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say like he's the like if you were gonna say there's like one person that didn't like do anything. Yeah. Oh, Although, maybe. Yeah. Oh, no. So, right. no, maybe Chris Tucker's not a good boy. Yeah. Good yeah. boy. You're talking about you're talking to a major True Detective fan here, so I'm I'm, I'm picking away the pieces. I'm the Russ Cole of this oh, universe, and I don't uh, trust anything. You don't trust Chris Tucker. <laughs> oh no. You know what? That's good though. We need a we need a we need a Cole. We need a Cole every. Yeah. Yeah. We need a Cole. We need, we need someone who just you, you got to tell time. Got to show the flat circle to us all, baby. But uh, to sum up this odds and ends episode, oh, I think we're saying that um, yeah, uh, it's like- evil angels or cry in the dark. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think could uh, River Wild and it's complicated, although much more like fun romp. Yeah, enjoyable I shows. Those, I would watch those two before uh, cry in the uh, dark. Cry in the dark. Uh, probably not. There might just be a little too light. Yeah, lightweight for what we're talking about. But just a hair. We're happy to have covered all three of them. Um, you know, and since we did, and we saw some good stuff. How about uh, how about giving out some Tucci awards yeah, this week? Let's let's, oh, let's do it. it. I think we got a lot of comp- lot of contenders oh, this great. week. Do you want to do you want to go first and award your Tucci award? Man, you know what? I have to give it to David Strathern. That's my oh, huge. Excellent. Yeah, he was such a good. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Alec Baldwin's great, and all these a mm-hmm. uh, lot of great performances. But man, like Strathern's like. Uh, his uh jump from uh cuck to king like his like you know you need to believe it it feels earned and like he has like this one scene in the beginning where like he kind of showed that he's like a good person and actually kind of a bit of an alpha when like he uh he goes into the water because like kevin Sp- kevin bacon's character can't swim and, and straight there and it's a great swimmer yeah a great swim great swimmer, great climber too that yeah. is so insane like the things he climbs like free climbs yeah i know, I know. free climbing <laughs> The sides of we, we were watching it. Jen goes, Jen goes, why does he climb faster? I'm like, what he's doing is very hard. <laughs> like, it's insane. It's like stuff you would see in free solo. <laughs> yeah, David, that a guy who's probably never climbed anything in his yeah. life. It's really impressive. It yeah, that of, wall is flat. <laughs> yeah. He's free climbing it. <laughs> it is nuts. Uh um, but uh yeah, I just like uh he just he gets a great believable performance. Oh yeah, and he goes in to save Kevin Bacon, and then when Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. kind of is like drowning him, he like gives oh, him a yeah. little punch. Yeah, you didn't have to punch me. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I did. I did. that oh that part's so, mm. so yeah, yeah, it's good. It. It's a good movie. Check it out. Give it a great pick. Uh so I got I wanna do a quick I'm gonna do a quick brief runner up. Ooh. Uh I can give my runner up to Sam Neill in a cry oh. in the dark. Yeah, he's. I great. thought he was really good in it. I thought he would, you know, he's very emotional to strip stoicism. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was there was only one choice, and this week it's Kevin Bacon Ooh. for River Wild for me. Kevin I thought Bacon. just a perfect bad guy, charming, scary, mean. He's no, great. Nothing, um, nothing redeeming about yeah, him at a, all. Oh, total scumbag. What a great yeah. And you yeah. know what? I'll give like a supporting. 
I'll give a supporting to John C. Riley. Yeah. Supporting, she's like a runner-up teacher because he's so great in that little puppy dog role. He is such a like, uh, and he's like kind of like, he's like the perfect amount of like threatening when he needs to be threatening because there's like that one scene where like, uh, where like it looks like David Strathairn's gonna find the body of. Uh, oh yeah, the dog has gone up in the woods to look for like they they lost the dog and the dog kind of has frank's body where you we assume yeah and it is like yeah and it is like that scene is kind of like chilling and i was like wow that's like a side of john c Riley i don't see very often like a chilling like i can't think of that many movies where like he's chilling or like scary mm-hmm. um although like i guess i guess there's like sometimes when you watch Steve brule where it's like oh this is like a kind of a scary character yes. <laughs> like this character this is not a character i want to hang out with he's a little it's, it has that tim and eric quality of um it's very, very goofy, but just out of the surface, you're like, oh, there's something very sinister yeah, happening there, all throughout here. There is an insane darkness in this man. Like, yeah, yeah like, oh, man. Everyone, watch watch Steve Roll. Oh, yeah. he's good. Go on YouTube. Um, watch and watch, watch The River Wild. We clearly are over the moon for it. We loved it. Yeah. Um, and it's complicated. It was uh, very enjoyable. Like, when I was watching Cry in the Dark, I told Patrick, I was like, I kind of just am feeling watching it's complicated again, but yeah. uh, <laughs> and, like Cry, and Cry is very interesting. Yeah, I would say yeah, Cry in the Dark is good. Uh, yeah, um, and then like I think like it's complicated. It's also just like another perfect example of uh, if you're on an airplane, yeah, pop that bad boy in. What an airplane mm-hmm. movie that movie is! Wow, because you can like yeah, you can like uh, miss 15 minutes of it's complicated, come back, you're fine. You're not you're not missing much. Yeah, yeah, you come back and you know they're eating croissants again. Yeah, you're good. Um, You're seeing yeah, Meryl Streep uses that bread dough as a little beard. But this is our uh, final episode before the finals. Mm -hmm. You got a big. I don't. We're not gonna make predictions because I think we're still working it out in our head. But I know we have talked to a few of the fellow Academy members, and there are pretty things could go either way. We do know that that. Sophie's Choice has a lot of respect, but Florence Foster Jenkins has a passionate fan base among the the Florence heads. So we will see what happens. Uh, I'm stoked for the final episode. I'm stoked. We've got a lot of really cool and fun future plans for the show. We have, uh, as we teased, a palate cleanser between season one and season two that we're going to do. And then season two, we have decided on the actor. We will not be revealing the actor for next for a few weeks yet. But take your guesses. Let us know who you're thinking. If if you have any guesses, uh, let us know on the Acadacad. It's our Twitter. Uh, Very hot. We we do. We tell a lot of. uh, I think we've really like struck an excellent balance between Patrick's very online joke style and my verging on dad jokes there we go it's good and you could tell who's doing which one yeah. we'll put it that way i think you could tell very easily who's who's yeah. who's chosen the tweets it's like a, it's like an online dad and his large gamer son <laughs> yeah <laughs> and much like meryl streep and her kids the best of friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm hunter Parrish. Yes. Oh, weirdo. Weirdo. Total alien. (laughs) Probably a murderer of some kind. (laughs) Bodies in that apartment. (laughs) I'd never seen that actor before. Like, who the hell 
is this guy? And I was like, oh, he works. It's just this is weird. Yeah. It has nothing to do with any anything other than he's and like um the oldest daughter is the daughter that like <laughs> like uh cons is the fed who cons Jerry Rubin in the trial of Chicago Seven. Wow. Yeah. I actually, I was going to talk about, I just watched that movie recently and I can't believe I didn't notice that. What? Yeah. A, that's an odd movie. It's, what, it, it's, it's interesting. It's like, it's, I, I like a lot of the performances in it. I'll say that much. Like I really like Frank Langella in it as like, he, was, he plays the judge, like a Dean of a mean eighties college. I know you're on double secret <laughs> probation, Jerry Rubin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't come in here dressed like the judge <laughs> abby hoffman you're flunking out of this university <laughs> beta house yeah <laughs> it's it's strange because i think like it's very very skillfully done mm -hmm. but and i was noticing on social network the other day like aaron sorkin is willing to bend reality to his movie needs to an extreme level and yet he's known as like the dude who does true stories and i'm i'm not normally like a big hit like complainer mm -hmm. on that sort of thing like movies are movies it's fine don't yeah. take your history from them but it is like this one was the most glaring one of all mm -hmm. that he's done i mean just like when Abby Hoffman says, I love the United States and I love democracy, you're like, it's uh, eh, pretty, you. <laughs> you could do the minimal amount of research and be like, that ain't true. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and, and the scene where like Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like conflicted and a good guy, you're like, he wasn't. Like, no, that's yeah. pretty, like, he hated these There also hippies. wasn't, like, a weird mutual respect between yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, like, and Abby Hoffman. No, also, they hated Jerry, each other. Also, Jerry Rubin isn't, like, a weird clown man. Like Yeah, he's not a dope at yeah. all. It's like, oh, it's me, Jerry Rubin. <laughs> yeah, I oh. Although, but, I did, I saw favorite part of the movie, when, when, when uh, Jeremy Strong catches that egg. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. I was like, give me more of that. It's, but it is like it's a pleasing entertaining movie too <laughs> so watch. it's like it's very conflicting in that regard because it's kind of being bent to what Aaron Sorkin needs and what Aaron Sorkin believes mm -hmm. but because it's a true story that's still very relevant which is why they made it yeah uh it's a little queasy because of that bit. it's a little bit queasy although it's like it's like i'd say like that maybe is a good example of like if you're like writing so like i was kind of like half watching that movie while i was writing it's like the perfect movie to uh, to do that too because it's like yeah you know that a lot of what's happening isn't like fiction or isn't like it's fictionalized that's what i'm trying to say it's fictionalized yeah. it's not like you know true to the story like if you want to you know re learn about the chicago eight that became the chicago seven yeah, yeah i read a book or like uh Read the transcripts of the trial. Yeah, I've heard the transcripts yeah. of the trial are very entertaining. Yes. <laughs> probably. And, uh, uh, like, if you just want to have, like, you know, bat luxuriate in some... What I, the thing I do like about this movie is it is one of those movies that's like, oh, the, everyone in the cast is like a fucking slapper. You got John Carroll Lynch. Oh, he's good. Uh, and his, his part's also weirdly trivialized in some ways. Well, uh, yeah, like, he would have never punched anyone, yeah. that character. That just, his entire thing was... 
pacifism. <laughs> well, they, when they needed him to do that to prove the point that World War II was like, it, which is like a weird, like, it, it, like World War II was good. Like, I think, like, I think Aaron Sorkin was like mad that that character was like a conscientious objector yeah, during World War II. They he they have to, and he had to like because it's very very clear that Aaron Sorkin likes Tom Hayden the best out of oh, all yeah. of the characters. And that's the character he identifies with because Hayden was the um, pragmatist. Yep. The guy who wanted to work within the system. Uh, Anar- working in the system. Yeah. yeah, ended up working in the system. Anarchy doesn't um, fit in the Sorkin worldview. And yes. I, th- I mean, I think like having a worldview, even if you disagree with it, I think it's very important for a screenwriter or filmmaker. Um, like, like Nancy Myers has a worldview. Which is very like cool. It's like it's very unique. It's yeah. specific. Yeah, she does have like a specific. Yeah, I do like. Yeah, she has like an oeuvre. She has a style. She is an auteur. She's an auteur. Yeah. yeah, like I think like being invisible, to me at least, is kind of boring. Yeah. And Sorkin is not. Even though I don't think I think that this trial of Chicago Seven also would have benefited because Steven Spielberg was originally supposed to direct it, and I think he would have bought a little bit more flash and pizzazz mm-hmm. to the visual proceedings oh, definitely. it's kind of a flat movie yeah it's another netflixy film it's, yeah it kind of feels like a little bit of a tv movie and i think although i think they did a nice job in the um the riot scenes yeah those felt kind of like lived in and yeah much better than like i feel like and i actually i will say i like the the court scenes like in the actual court like i think they did a good job they like the dialogue is snappy like i wasn't super bored during those scenes there were some great like i like the moment with bobby seal where they bring him back in after he's been gagged and that like you show like how it kind of shows you how insane this judge was yeah yeah, yeah i like mean he was like I, a total yeah total creep judge like a not yeah it's man. a psycho yeah psycho but it's yeah so that got that took us on a wild turn but uh yeah, Trial of Chicago Seven. The Academy Academy says eh, it's all right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know? If you're like if you're like making a grilled cheese sandwich and you need something to like. Listen. But I mean, at the same time, it's you know we the Academy Academy prides itself on not being um a blanket haters on anything. Yeah. So no, it's uh there's something to like in it. It's very skilled. Yeah, so, strong rips. He's fun. But uh, before we head out, Patrick, uh, is there anyone? I mean, we've had a wild, rambling, you know, rollicking cross-country oh, yeah. trip, cross-world. You know, we we visited Australia. We've gone down the River Wild. We yep. luxuriated over croissants and white wine we went in Santa Barbara. We, yeah, we went down the gauntlet. We'll put oh, it yeah. that way. Uh, so we've we've seen quite a bit. Is there any anyone or anything you'd like to thank before we head out today? Oh man, like final thanks. Uh, I want to thank, uh, you know, uh, dads that work just a little too hard that need to like, you know, prove to their family that he loves them and cares. Uh, I gotta thank uh, the entire nation of Australia. He really <laughs> did a kind of very judgmental nation yeah. of Australia. Australia. You guys are, I'm not going to get on your bad side. I love you Australians. Don't, <laughs> don't ruin my life, please. Uh, I want to thank 
uh, weird children that seem like they're from Venus or Mars. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like the weird adult sons that could be from preppy Jupiter. rich, preppy weird rich kids. Yeah, <laughs> that would be like you know, like uh, that have been minorly fox catchered. Yeah. Like a little bit, not full fox, just like a minor, like ten percent. Mom, you're smoking marijuana cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're smoking the reefer? Like something that someone actually says in this. And a kid wild. says in this movie, calling weed reefer insane. Um, wild. Yeah. Wild. I got to thank uh, John Toll. What great cinematography. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of those things where, like, I've seen movies, like, you know, you look at Judd Apatow movies, and, like, he's famous. I feel like he's one of those directors who's very famous for, like, getting very good, like, cinematographers. And then, like, yeah, Janusz uh, Kaminski shot yeah. funny people. Which is like it's wild. It's it doesn't it doesn't feel like that way. But then like yeah, but the fact that like Nancy Myers like took this great John Toll who did like Last Samurai and I think he did Cloud Atlas too. He did the Thin Red Line. Yeah, he did the Thin Red Line. Yeah, he's a great and he dude and motherfucker is just eating it up. He he treats he treats uh, like he treat he treats uh, the uh, a croissant shop like he's filming the Pacific Front. Yes, like it's just like that level of uh, love and uh, and like uh, and uh, depth put into the screen. Um, and then uh, the final thing I want to thank is uh, I want to thank uh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna thank you. You're a good, you're a good co-host, my man. Oh man, that yeah. that warms the heart. Yep. All to start, I'm gonna thank you too. Yeah. Yeah, look at that mutual good. mutual respect and appreciation. We we like each other still. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Um, That's falling apart. I'm gonna thank the alternative nation. You know, Ministry, yes. Jane's Addiction, yeah. anyone on the early Lollapalooza '94. Yeah. You know, I, my wife and I. We have Sirius XM radio and we listen to the lithium station nonstop. Hell yeah. Every road trip, you know, and I've come to like Stone Temple Pilots recently. I hated them in the 90s, but I like them now. So oh, yeah. things can change. Uh, I want to thank wall size posters of Meryl Streep in <laughs> Crying in the Dark with her baby. <laughs> <laughs> If you got one, put it up. <laughs> Do it. Uh, I want to thank chocolate croissants. Mm. Gotta do that. Um, so good. I want to thank uh, cars that define your character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I think... Oh, uh, Golden and Globus. I want to thank them for Canon Films yes. for giving us the wide variety of everything from Chuck Norris in Invasion USA to <laughs> Meryl Streep in A Cry in the Dark, all the way to John Cassavetti's last film, Love Streams. You did it all, Golden and Globus. It's magic. Wow. Um, and I want to thank our audience, too. Thank you so much for hanging with us through this first season. I know that we've had a lot of fun. We're kind yeah. of Maybe rough around the edges, but I hope you enjoy that we are. Yeah, Just, we're like sincere and having fun and being goofy because this is very, very enjoyable way to go through quarantine. Oh, God, it makes. Yeah, I, th- having a project like this, like 
definitely keeps me sane. <laughs> like, I, if I can't, like, hang out with people and stuff, might as well, like, start a podcast. Yeah, you never lose track of time when you have to watch Florence Foster Jenkins again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's already been two weeks. <laughs> yes. I know, I was looking at my letterbox, and I was like, oh, my goodness. The, the window has grown only shorter between Iron Lady viewings. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> but uh, yes, thank you so much for hanging with us. We're very, very excited for our uh, season finale next yeah. week. But uh, and so, uh, hope you're on the edge of your seats because we are too. Yes. All right. See you next week, everybody. Ah oh, man, goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Et passer à l'action, il suffit juste simplement de s'agiter Faire les gens qui jouent en évitant les coups qu'on se donne à soi En gesticulant sans arrêt Les mains toujours au bout des bras Brasse l'air inutilement À force de Remuer, remuer J'ai mal aux mains À force de traîner les pieds J'ai mal aux mains À force de Remuer, remuer J'ai mal aux mains À force de traîner les pieds, j'ai mal aux mains Je gaspille mon énergie, je multiplie les efforts pour ne pas avoir tort Être faux pour mieux faire vrai, c'est bien Mais c'est beaucoup de travail pour rien C'est beaucoup de travail pour rien Et ça, ça fait mal aux mains À force de remuer, remuer J'ai mal aux mains À force de traîner les pieds, j'ai mal aux mains Remuer, remuer J'ai mal aux mains À force de traîner les pieds J'ai mal aux mains Et aux pieds